I feel like someone should check. Did I really said how many times you recorded? Did you ever record on that? Yes, I hope so. We did, we did, we did. We're doing it live, baby. We did, we did. Dude, if I find out, this is gonna be great. If the fact none of this video is recorded, if I find out two hours from now that none of this got recorded, we just quit. That's why my buddies is over. Yeah, done with the whole podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're taking a break. Anyways, welcome to the Red Buddies podcast. Why is this moving? Dude, I'm, we're in the middle of the podcast right now. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we're really podcast. In the middle of the intro. Why is it moving? I don't understand. We need to set the destiny. Okay, we didn't even do our intro. Oh, yeah. oh welcome to the Red Birds podcast. Yeah, we're here with our guest, Amar Ahmed. Co-host, Guest, Amar Ahmed. Yes. The first uh, millionaire that we've had on the Red Buddies podcast. Yeah, by the time You can tell just by what he's wearing. This guy. You nope. can tell just by I think I think looks can be deceiving. There's a reason that's a saying, you know. Dude, huh? dude, if I close my eyes and imagine the rich preppy boy going to private school with the million bucks, that would be a right Fake now. Fake it till you make it, you know? If you just act like you have a million bucks, eventually you're going to get a million bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do believe in that hippy dippy stuff, you know. Manifestation, manifestation, like if you think about it's it, law of attraction, oh, yeah, just, bro. It's just, all law of attraction. I just realized that 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 sounds a lot like what people believe in right now. But uh, looking real good today. Actually, Yusuf kind of looked like that, and Yusuf was another guy who's like. No, but I think he's more professional, yeah, a bit more, because he's got the cardigan on compared to uh, Yusuf's yeah, flannel. Yusuf had the flannel. You're wearing. A, is that a wife beater or is that a? No, no, that's just like, like a thermal thing. I see. I see. Are you a wife it's beater? A, I Why yes. Call it that. Oh, we're gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving that in. It's, 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 <laughs> leaving that in, we're clipping that. Yeah. Are you a wife beater? Yes. <laughs> yeah, our, no, our editor has gotten lazier by the day, so he doesn't edit anymore. So all this is staying in. Well, anyways, so we we brought on Amar, and every time we have on a guest, we're like, oh, uh, make sure to post afterwards. And then we remember Amar has zero social media. Straight presence. up zero. Do yes. you know your Instagram? I know your Instagram. Do you know your Instagram? I, I deactivated my Instagram. What? Rama. <laughs> Rama's King gone. Ra- it's King Rama or something. Yeah, I deactivated that, yeah. Why? Was it hurting anyone? <laughs> oh, I guess we'll just get through this week. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I don't believe in social media. Oh. I, and if you're using it as a business, that may be slightly different. But you don't believe in social like, media. Like, if I'm not using it as a business owner, then you're being the product and, you know, I, I don't like that idea. My That's... God. He's a true hippie. <laughs> you, I'm becoming a Luddite. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly bro. becoming a Luddite. That's like, straight true. up, I hate technology nowadays. You're really that close to my Wait, a what? <laughs> You're slowly becoming a what? A Luddite. What the hell is that? The Luddites were like the people in the 18th or 19th century yeah, that, 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 that they were there. Exactly. The Luddite? During the industrial revolution that was taking yeah. place, right, they hated yeah. the fact that, you know, machines. society was changing, machines were developing. So they burned so everything. They were basically violent protesters. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think nowadays we would call them terrorists. So they were terrorists, yeah. <laughs> Context and perspective. But yeah, they were terrorists that got rid of all technology. No, but they were a religious group, were they not? I think so. I They were. They might have been inspired religiously. Yeah. Um, so kind of like the Amish. Yeah, but the Amish... The, the, the Amish, Amish, the Amish will let kinda, you have technology. Well, they, yeah, they just sat within themselves and they were like, Wait, we're not going to use nothing. Yeah, but this is like, this is my idea and I'm going to impose it on you, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're because of, you said you're like a letter. You didn't say you're like an Amish. I'm slowly imposing so this on all of my... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm all my friends. Is I'm that probably, what you came... Did you come here? Did you come <laughs> this here is my actual... actual one time. of my objectives. Broader objectives in the, the next three years. He's like the Tablighi <laughs> <laughs> It's just the exact opposite. Instead of calling people, I'm pushing them away. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> So this is our final everybody's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mars converted us to yeah, we're, we're only doing letters now, so all for our podcasts <laughs> We're done after this. But like um, really I, I don't think you really need social media. Like if I want to talk to someone, I have their number. 
And if I don't have their number, I probably don't want to talk to them. You know, like, it's just kind of how it works. I agree. I think we, this podcast needs social media. So that's what I was saying. Yeah, we're business. If you're a business, right, and you're trying to promote something, then I would use social media. But other than that, I, I don't see a single benefit. I agree. You know, I, I think it's, yeah. if you're good at it, you get a hell of validation, though. I feel like. Yeah, well, <laughs> that kind of feeds into the thing that that's like false validation. And it's like fake confidence that you get from the like, fact that I have social media and, you know, yeah. oh, people are interested in me. You yeah. Know? I, I feel like that's a good point, but I feel like that's also something that we've, we've beaten to death yeah. on this podcast. No, no, like, the, no, social media sucks. <laughs> no, but it's not bad. You don't have no, to- I live by this though. Like, yeah. I seriously, I've gotten rid of almost everything. I don't use my phone. Really? I barely, Look, my phone's in the basement. I, I Right now? No, no, I, I only take it when I'm leaving the house. Oh. But otherwise, it's in the basement, and I go, I check it like once in the middle of the day and once before I go to sleep, and then. This is why you never hmm. respond to anything because he doesn't yeah. have his goddamn phone <laughs> on him. Hmm, what inspired so, this change? Um, I just Elon I was spending. I think there was one week where I spent like six, seven hours on my phone. Mm-hmm. I looked at my screen time and I was like, this is ridiculous. In total of the week. Or and like no, no, like in a day, like average per day, like average across. Oh, yeah. And then after that, I kind of just the next the next week, I my average screen time per day was thirty minutes, so well, that's pretty good. I'm on here to flex that actually. Oh nice! <laughs> I'm so much better than you because I don't use my phone. Paul will give you hundred percent attention. His he does not care about his phone. Dude, look at him coming out here, freaking dressed all nice, and he's like, he's Dude, the I first millionaire on the podcast. <laughs> he's like. He's like, ladies, I give my full attention to the human beings around me. Exactly. I'm, uh, Is there a reason you're on this podcast today, bro? <laughs> it's self-promotion, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what we're getting into? Is that the next topic? Yeah, Love, yeah. romance, well, and... Uh, I, asked him, I asked him a while ago if he could be on the podcast, and then he was like, he was like, oh, like maybe some other time. And then now... Dude, now I said, maybe no, 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 hold on, hold on, time out. Here's what happened, right? I was like, listen, I'll come on in three weeks. And then we confirmed October 3rd. As of day of recording, oh, today yeah. is October what? <laughs> October what? Wait, you told me that too, but <laughs> Yeah, you, you uh, And then he never texted me, damn. Uh, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess that's not happening. No, no, no. So I was like, all right. Did I say that to you? You no, told no, me no, October no, no, no. 3rd. Okay, no, no. This was, it was supposed no, to be the first week of October. No, you know what happened? I think That I is what happened. I, mean, no, I, I know that's I, what happened. I texted you afterwards. You know what happened? What happened? I texted you afterwards saying that we had, we wanted to move you. This happened, bro. Uh, you I might have texted this in your head, you. bro. I said, Listen, we're not getting... No, because you... We'll you take know. this off camera. Don't worry. <laughs> on October 3rd, we... Our shit is very responsible, guys. And he has a great schedule. No, we... On October Everyone October, that knows him knows that he is the most, you know, precise, neurotic about dates. Yeah. I heard that we schedule our guests weeks accordingly, so I don't know why you're talking about. We're very professional. Well, on October... Okay, here's what happened, bro. We refer back to the intro for that professionality, by the way. We had Daniel Khan, right? Yeah. All right? We had Daniel Khan coming on. Uh-huh. And right, let me ask you this, bro. Like, let's okay, say, let's say like you set up a date with the four, but then like an eight comes out and you're like, let's go on a date. You freaking dis- nah, dude. I'm, I'm a man of my word. I gotta. Yes, yes. I want a real kiss. Excuse you. <laughs> no, this is oh my god. Off podcast. That scene. needs to get edited out. <laughs> that needs to be on the scene. That needs to go. <laughs> nah, it's staying. Oh, oh man. I remember when I was uh, when I was in freshman sophomore year, I was like, dude, we're gonna go on a road trip, right? So this falling through with Mar- Remember, Mars is a guy who always follows through. Yeah. Listen, so, listen. I, no, 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 no. There's a, right there's a date. And there's a plan. Podcast, That's a very different story. This, no, this group chat was made probably two years ago. And it's still never been followed through. Like, listen, no. road trips are hard to plan, I think. 
That's it's just something you need to do. To, it's hard to plan, exactly. You just, you need to just do it. Because the more road trips are intimidating in the fact that you kind of can't anticipate everything. And I, I've, I've seen this with, like, every single road trip that I pl- try to plan meticulously, I I, you it, either the plans get thrown out or we don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, well, we just went on a road trip recently to Cleveland, Indianapolis, Chicago, and then came back, right? Uh-huh. But, uh, so, before the road trip, we went with Omer. And Omar was like, oh, oh, guys, if I'm taking my car, where are we going to go? Oh, uh. like, shut up. Very accurate for Troy. We're like, shut up. We're gone. And then he would keep, he literally kept saying, he was like, yo, we need a plan. We need to know at least how far we're going. We need to know That's at least ridiculous. where we're like, going I, to. I don't believe that nowadays. And yeah. well, like maybe the first destination, maybe you should know uh, whatever. But I, I think thought anything, it was funny. Anything followed through because we originally said on that road trip that we were gonna sleep in Cleveland, and somehow we ended up at our at a random second hotel in Indianapolis. So like, oh yeah, Cleveland <laughs> sucks, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I, when I think of Cleveland, I don't think of anything. Like this is yeah. I draw a blank. There's nothing there. Well, yeah, there is nothing. There was LeBron. Like 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 Chicago. I think pizza. Right, Windy City, you know, like that deep dish dish right there. That's that's good. But Chicago's pizza, Chicago's like Frank Sinatra, like all the like the art, the art capital for a while. Chicago's really nice. I give it that. Cleveland. I also think intellectual when I think Chicago. I just feel like people in Chicago are smart. Really? I don't know why. I think it's because of you, Chicago. But that's like about it. (laughs) Is you, Chicago, like a really good school? No, you, Chicago, is known for being. It's the most intellectually rigorous uh, school that there is. Really? Like the academics are really hard. Like Like basically, Ivy's inflate grades. Yeah. Schools like uh, like you, Chicago, actually deflate your grades. Yeah, you, Chicago, Uh, like they make it harder for you to do well. Yeah. But the people that come out of there, what are they? They're they're like hella smart. Like if you they end up coming out like with like super jobs, right? Like. Yeah, dude, they're, they're also they're very small class sizes. Like, that's the difference between Caltech and MIT, right? Caltech, they, uh, MIT takes maybe like 1,000, maybe like 1,200, 1,500 students. Mm-hmm. Caltech takes 200. Yeah. Caltech is the hardest one, right? Caltech and then you should It's cool. Like, Those imagine you only pick up 200 kids. And also, like, you know, I feel like randos, your average kids apply to MIT as well. Yeah. Yeah. But your average kids are not, not going to apply. They're not applying. Dude, they probably don't know what Caltech. But you, your National Propulsion Lab, where is that? Caltech, right? The hell <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I remember. Oh man, this brings me back because my sister's applying for colleges and places, and I recently took a list, and I was like, I remember getting rejected by that university. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, what is it? National Propulsion Lab? NASA, NASA, or NASA NASA's Propulsion, Propulsion Lab? Yeah. He, he was, he's like, where's that Caltech? I'm like, um, yeah. That is, bro. Chicago is a school that I really wanted to go to. Really? Yeah. But dude, I purposely did not apply once I heard that. I didn't apply to Caltech or U Chicago. When I, I only applied school. here. I applied to one school. Dude, right? I applied to twenty-two schools. I applied to twelve. Issues. I got I got waitlisted at three. Got off the waitlist for one. What's the best school you made it into? Made it into. It's gonna give someone some this anxiety was, somewhere. I think it was probably between NYU and UMish. I think I should have gotten to UMish. UMish should have been, yeah. <laughs> like, is it worth it though? Because especially I, UMish might have been worth it. I no, think especially for people like you, you're not really the. Take learn from the. But school here's the thing: if I went to UMish, I feel like I would have been different. Really? Because, right? dude, I, I feel like that. I feel like first of all, first of all, right? I would have left. One of the reasons I came to Rutgers because of the fact I had so many friends here, right? I had comfort here, right? When you go to UMish, for me that would have been a foreign environment. Yeah. I would not have known anything there. I would have, you know, it, it builds. I would have had to make something of myself in a sense, right? Yeah, for sure. But your so, personality, I feel like, has been your personality for your whole life, and I don't think your personality is the bookish. Like, my personality is also very competitive, though. Yeah. So like for so in that sense like, I, I would have if I went there I think I would have started competing. Yeah. The thing is I don't buy the comp like, the competition here at Rutgers, 
I never got into it, to be honest. It's with the boys, so like who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think that's the reason why I ended up only applying. I literally on, only applied to Rutgers because the other places were just like, I was like, I'm not going to go there because I don't have the same comfort level that I'm going to have at Rutgers. And like, I, I feel like it was weird because with other things in my life, I was like, oh, I should step out of my comfort zone, this and that. But then when I went to college, I was like, I just want to be with my friends. I want to be with people I know. And it's funny because that's like the thing you should have least comfort about. It's like, yeah, you should. Like, it's like, that's, that's the place where you want to push yourself the most. I did the same. Yeah. I'm not trying to criticize because I, I did the same exact thing. Yeah, no, right? no, no, I so I'm not in a position to say anything. I, agree, but but I, <laughs> I think there was a very beneficial thing that happened to me coming to Rutgers. Is if I didn't come to Rutgers, I don't think I would have surrounded myself with a strong of a Muslim community. This yeah, is U Michigan has a has a pretty yeah. good Muslim like Devin Meshed, like just like MCMC. There's right yeah, off campus. But you know what happened when I came to Rutgers is my my older sister like my older sister graduated right yeah. before and she literally dude I found out she literally. Like appointed people, <laughs> like go keep an eye on my little brother. Now, you ain't my mother, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, I kind of like it ended up working out for me. You know what I mean? Like I ended up knowing people here because of my sister. I ended up like, I don't think I don't think if I if I didn't know anyone in the Rockers Muslim community, I don't know if I would have been part of the Rockers Muslim community. I think that's fair. Yeah, but to a certain extent, I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. It's like, to what extent should you be like pushing yourself? Like pushing yourself out of your own comfort zone. It's like, how far yeah, should you really go? I feel like college is, Honestly, the, college is the best like, place. Because once this is your last rest stop before your life starts. So I figured, I'm like, not. But then in that case, you shouldn't be pushing yourself, right? Because your life starts after college, right? Then, then why are you pushing yourself right now? Because you should relax now, right now, then. No, but this right. is, that, that's your mentality. So like, I feel like for people like Arshad, that's what mentality you took, what? right? Like, you what? wanted to be more comfortable and relaxed. But for some. Uh, but for some people, you like, make me sound like a pansy. But yeah, <laughs> so for people like me, like right, that is kind of true. But like, there you go. go. He's like contrast. He's like, Marshall wants to be more comfortable, relaxed. But for people like, <laughs> yeah, like grab like, <laughs> yourself by the bootstraps. Got like, someone to a magnet school, actually. Capitalism, <laughs> by the way. Capitalism. Yeah. No. Um. No. What I meant is not people like me, but like I just meant for me when I was in high school, I was like, I gotta get the hell out of here, right? Yeah. And so I like applied to a lot. But the thing is, college is so goddamn expensive. Like, even if you get in, it's like 60K a year. And like, it, why, yeah. <laughs> why, why would you do that? Like, Rutgers is essentially like... Dude, uh, five years at NYU. Actually, no, five years at Rutgers is still cheaper than one year at NYU for me. Yeah. But yeah. No, but like, like Rutgers is like not, not... Like, the proportion of the amounts of money you pay is not equal. You know what I'm saying? It's like the amount to pay for Rutgers... Versus the amount to pay for Umish, you're not going to get infinitely much more stuff from Umish compared to how much you pay. It's yeah, yeah. it's interesting because I feel like the people at Rutgers are also different. Like, it's like I feel like everyone has like somewhat of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Like even like some of the smartest people that I've met, like they've always had something. It's almost like they need to prove it to themselves. I can give you like numerous examples. Uh, are you saying are you saying because we go to Rutgers, there can be very smart people here, but because of the name of the no, I don't think that's the only chip on their shoulder, no. right? I think the well, you part said of the they chip need to prove it to themselves. That's is that why they need to prove it to themselves? Part of it is like um, some of the people. I think over here you see more people coming from difficult backgrounds, like, yeah. and it's kind of sad because I've seen so many like incredibly bright people. I know some kids that have just like dropped out of Rutgers, but I think they're some of the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah, like it's it's kind of scary. Like I know one kid that came into Rutgers. Right, um, and he was probably one of the best debaters I've ever seen. Mm. Right, and he had some com- complicating family matters, and but part of it that influenced him to like you know I'm going to stay away from 
drugs, alcohol, anything like that. Yeah. But when he came to Rutgers, he was doing really well in debate, and I think that that made him comfortable with the fact, you know. And he eventually got into that and dropped out, because um, we got into what? Got into what? Kind of like that that scene, the drugs, alcohol scene, uh, uh, and, and it was somewhat of an influence that got him. But and it's so easy to get into that, especially at Rutgers, so where they're just like a party, very super susceptible. Yeah, but there's also a sense of insecurity that is also a part of it that you're talking about. You, I, I feel like people at Rutgers have like this insecurity about the fact that I'm from Rutgers, and yeah. and because of that, I need to I need to do something to show myself. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think I think you got to get rid of that insecurity very quickly. Hundred percent. Very yeah. quickly, if you hold on to that insecurity like for a little while, um, like you know, people will go to, uh, you'll go online and like, you know, you might find like. Uh, like a lot of these people that like uh, make videos about like software jobs, CS mm-hmm. jobs, they're like, like oh, I went to, um, you know, I go to MIT, I go to Caltech, whatever, right? Yeah. And it can make you super insecure. But what you have to understand, the way you get rid of that insecurity is you have to understand you're going to Rutgers and Rutgers is Rutgers, but you're you and you can be like a really smart person at Rutgers. And you exactly. can be the top of the top at Rutgers. Yeah. I, I've Rutgers, seen that myself. Like yeah. even in, when I was doing debate at Rutgers, I saw that immediately when I came to freshman year. Dude, uh, there there are these two kids named Max and Pasha. Man, like I've never seen anyone as quick on their feet and and just the breadth of their knowledge. Because uh-huh. we did parliamentary debate. Parliamentary debate. It's basically you have two sides: government, opposition. Yeah. Government comes in with a pre-prepared speech, and the opposition needs to res- respond on the spot. So you hear the topic and on the spot you respond. They can bring any topic. They could talk about heart, art, uh, history, philosophy. Uh, international relations, right? And you need to be respond to all of that. And one of these kids, right? He was really weak in economics because yeah. he was a more philosophy, history yeah. type of guy. And dude, he self-studied like basically an economics major in the span of like a summer just for debate. Mm-hmm. That's like crazy levels of motivation. And he but, goes to Rutgers. And he went to Rutgers, yeah. Dude, the next the the next year, they went on in, to, to, in this debate league. They... Were the number? They ended up the year being the number one team in basically the the whole league. But the league is comprised of like some of the like Stanford kids from Stanford used to fly out to the East Coast just so mm-hmm. they could participate in this league. Yeah, it's a very prestigious league. And, and super and, competitive. And it's yeah. super competitive. And there were the in like the past seventy five years of the league, they were the youngest right uh, duo to ever like reach Saudi, which is like or or, or Tody team of the year, mm. right? But one thing that happened like that I was told the story. They were like at a party, and um, that's one thing debate is kind of notorious for is like their parties. <laughs> they're, they're, they're kind of crazy, by the way. Uh, were they like band kids, kind of? Oh well, <laughs> well they didn't. These guys didn't get banned, even though. No, 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 no. Like band kids, B A N D. Those people go crazy. You know, band kids. How like you wouldn't expect? Oh, you guys didn't really have band in. I, I didn't have. Dude, oh, I went yeah, to Islamic school, school. Yeah, but I don't know what band is. But. One time at a party, I think one girl was drunk. She's like, "He's like, you guys are like so smart. Like, why are you guys going to Rutgers, right, bro? I they got tight. They're yeah. like, what the hell is wrong? They got pissed and they just left. Yeah, and I mean." That's so disrespectful. That's <laughs> 100% it's disrespectful. So disrespectful but like, but think about the con. What's the opposite of that then, right? Yeah. Like, what's the opposite implication of that? And that's what most people have. Most people have the opposite implication. But that's also not true. Being that, right, because I go to Rutgers, I'm not as smart. Or I need to prove myself even more. Yeah. Well, the I think something that you need to understand as a Rutgers student is that perhaps, I don't think it's a, I don't think being at Rutgers 
says that you are at a certain competence level. I think it says that you are within a certain competence range, which might be a bigger range than a different school. Maybe a different school has a smaller range of just people that are like really, really, really competent. Mm -hmm. But if you're at Rutgers, you could still be really, really, really competent, but the range is bigger and it includes people that are maybe less competent. And also we're talking like we have to kind of be like uh, like self-aware when we're talking about this a little bit, right? Is Rutgers is not a bad school. Dude, not at all. Dude, Rutgers I've, is not a bad school, dude. I've, I've talked to people. This is going to sound kind of weird. I've talked to like random people on the internet who've been like working like in industry for like a while. Yeah. And I'll tell them I'm from Rutgers. They'll be like, oh, Rutgers, right? And yeah. like, and they recognize it, right? It's, it's a place that they recognize. Yeah. And they respect you because of that as well. And they respect you. And, and especially like... And, and certain departments at Rutgers are like really good. Yeah. Like the math department is rare. It's like... I, my mom looked it up. She's like, it's. She was surprised. She's like, it's nineteenth in the world. Our math department. Our math department. Yeah. Our, our math department. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Wait, does it? Well, see, no, that's the thing I have. Like, so this maybe we can pivot to another issue a lot of times. Well, the thing I, like, I just want to touch on that point again. Like, Rutgers, your hand is blocking. Yeah. The mic. But the 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 point is, Rutgers is a state school, so it has to take in a lot of people. But that doesn't mean that also it denies the smart people. Also, let's wait. Let's like step back. Another thing I was talking about being self aware is we're like we're, we're what we're doing here is like we're like oh like it's okay like you can still be like a like people at Rutgers aren't like stupid and. Like, what was, it, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah. Like, this whole time we're like, oh, like, it, it's okay. Like, we're, uh, you know, you can be someone who's really smart at Rutgers. Mm -hmm. I think, in a sense, like, that can be taken in a posh way. You know what I'm saying? I don't think so. I don't know. Continue what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so that was my point. So, Rutgers, because Rutgers is a state school and we just have a lot more people, like, people will just see, the, like, the, like, the average person and just be like, oh, yeah, our school isn't as smart. Maybe compared to someone like MIT or Stanford or Caltech or whatever, right? But that doesn't mean like our our upper division of students is still there. Like there's still super geniuses within our community. It's just like <clears> also, <throat> <laughs> 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 but we also have like our division of not so smart people that are just like here because it's a state school, right? So because you have that blend of students, right? People always see more of the good and less of, more of the bad and less of the good, right? So they'll just mm -hmm. see like the average Joe and just be like, oh yeah, look at this type of student goes to Rutgers. But they won't see, like you said, like the debate masterminds or like our somehow our math department's 19th, which I I still can't believe it. I think it's, it's in part because our professors, our math professors are crazy. I'm sure our professors like, are smart, but it's just... Like, it's dude, you know crazy. how many Cambridge guys are like our professors? Like I've had at least three professors in the past that are just like right out of Cambridge. Like that, and they're after they finish their PhD, they come to teach here. Well, uh, who's... There's someone who... Um... One of my one of my professors that I had, one of my electrical engineering professors, he was like he wrote like the book, like the book mm -hmm. uh, for that class. Yeah. Like not just for Rutgers, mm -hmm. but for like for like the everybody. You know what I'm talking about? My, my OS professor was apparently he was a student of the guy who's like the who wrote the book that's internationally used. Like he was a straight up undergrad student. And he had, he had to miss like a couple weeks because he was giving a talk at a conference. I was like, what the hell is this? And then apparently it's like the leading a, like software conference where they introduce new like new concepts of memory and stuff like that and he was giving a talk there and i'm like what the hell <laughs> but like, you notice that like yeah. you notice those classes are really good but then on the other hand you also have like really crappy classes and it kind of just yeah like, yeah it just offsets it <laughs> yeah. dude Rutgers is nothing to be like insecure about at all and uh, like it's a it's a confidence thing like yeah. where do you derive your confidence you probably beat this to death in this I, podcast already and, but and yeah and nobody like nobody to be honest, I don't think any school... Okay, if you go into any school and you feel an insecurity about where you are, 
any school. We're talking about Rutgers right now. And Rutgers, like, we're sitting here and we're making the case for <coughs> Rutgers. But wherever you go, you need to make a case for that school. And I think it's super, super, super important yeah. that if you're, if you're going to any school, if you have any insecurity about that school, it can shape the way that you do all the work in your school. It can shape the way that, you know, you enter your professional life afterwards. It can shape the way that you behave as a human being. You need to deal with that immediately. Well, actually... In that case, right, what we're doing might actually be exactly what we're not supposed to do. Yeah. Well, like, in the sense, like, <laughs> we're, we're trying to make ourselves being, like, we're comforting ourselves by telling us, like, telling ourselves, like, the fact that Rutgers is okay. And, 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 and by, by that, we're kind of, we're eliminating our, our insecurity by, um, right. I don't know how to explain I see it. what you're saying. Here, wait. <laughs> this is, what you're saying is, what you're saying is, um, the root of insecurity is within oneself. It's not within, like... Or when you're really trying to tackle the insecurity, you should tackle it within yourself and the way you deal with the insecurity. Not so much the thing that makes you insecure. Because exactly, there yeah. will always be something that makes you insecure. You can go to Caltech and be insecure. You can go to MIT, Harvard, Princeton and be insecure. Because there's always something that will make you insecure. The problem isn't those things. You think the problem is those things and you think that getting past those problems will lead you to becoming less insecure. But realistically, there's always going to be something that's going to make you insecure. So the solution to the problem is a change in perspective, mm. a change in lens. Yeah. To be like, I'm fine. I'm good enough how I am. Do you believe in confidence? Do I believe in confidence? Do you Absolutely. believe in the idea of confidence? What, what is the idea of confidence? I think confidence is having comfort in yourself, knowing that you're good enough, knowing that, yeah, knowing that whatever you do, like, it's fine. You're good enough. You can be comfortable. Wait, I'm trying to ask you. It's more so... Right, isn't go ahead. What do you say? We're trying to ask if confidence like actually matters or like what do you mean believing confidence? I'm like the idea of, I, I don't know. This I this idea of confidence is kind of weird, right? Absolutely because confidence, confidence is is more so it's it's I don't think it's being comfortable. It's more so being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, Meaning like if you're yeah. put into certain situations, like I can be like for example, if I'm if I'm up on stage, right? I'm I'm feeling nervous. But that doesn't bleed through and do, that doesn't show. Right, I, I'm seen as confident, but in reality, I'm still nervous. Yes. Right. It's it's confidence is an illusion in a sense. It's like a facade that exists. Um. Okay. I think there. I think you. What you said is correct. But I think in order to be up there and be nervous and still do something, you have to convince. You have to be within yourself. You have to be someone that knows everything is going to be just fine. And that's what I meant by comfort. It's. It's. Yeah. It's. It's. Actually, yeah. That's an interesting way of putting it because. It's more so your practice doesn't give you confidence because you've done it right so many times. It's because when you do it wrong, it's like, oh, I messed it up, but it's still okay. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like the amount of times I've said, like, you've seen me at MSA events. Like I've said like some dumb stuff on stage. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, and, and there have been some really awkward moments, but it's right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? Dude, I, the, I mean, think about the best stand-up comedians. I mean, how many times have they bombed? They they say they say it themselves. Yeah, the best stand-up comedians have bombed the most. Like, um, I remember, I remember for I did stand-up. You actually saw it, but the second time I did stand-up, it was at an MSA event. I don't know if you were there. <laughs> I don't you were there. So. It was, was at an open uh... mic my freshman year. Basically, the guy side laughs and the girl side. Laughs. <laughs> but that's because uh, maybe that says something about. I think it says something about your comedy, bro. <laughs> This nah. happens a lot. I, why. Nah, I, I think I think it was I think it was just things that maybe guys would find funny. But I think like an, a normal person would find it funny. Find it funny. <laughs> okay, 
I don't think the girls in that car were like normal people. Right? Oh, God. That's fine, bro. I'm going to edit nothing now, bro. I'm going to watch this, bro. Watch. Oh, they watched this for Zaria, actually. Look at him watching. Oh, my God. He's got a couple people watching just for him. Oh, 100% right, Zaria. <laughs> Anyways, what was I talking about? No Dude, you made Zaria so uncomfortable there. I don't think you realized that. The second, time, the second time I went up and did stand-up, uh, like, it was... So... Going up there, um, whether I bombed or not, people told me afterwards, like, I was like, yo, I freaking bombed. I've, dude, I remember after that, I was so, like, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to go hurl up into a freaking ball, right? Because uh, bombing sucks the first couple times you do it. And yeah. then, like, people were like, oh, you didn't bomb. Like, the guys would be like, oh, you didn't bomb. I'd be, like, I'd be like, I'd be like, saying bomb way too many times. This is not being fucked yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bomb you can have, man. So I was, Sorry, I was on stage bomb, in front bomb, of a bomb, crowd, bomb, and bomb. you know there was a bomb. We got demonetized before we got monetized. Alright, so, so, uh, but it's really daunting being up there, and like, like half the crowd isn't laughing, right? So whether you think you bombed or not, it definitely feels like you bombed. The best stand-up comedians, though, they've done that a million times. They've and I think if you ask them, bombed. like, if you ask them after any of their acts, be like, could you have done that better? They would still 100% of the time be like, yeah, I could have done that better. Like, I've, yeah. there's there's nothing that I've, I've ever walked away from been like, yeah, I didn't mess that little part up. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't think that's what confidence is, like, being perfect. I think that's that's the idea that most people yeah, have in their heads. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's, in a sense, you're trying to align what you do with this conception you have of yourself. And, and, the, and you want your the perception that you have of yourself and you want to force that perception on other people yeah and that comes from a severe lack of confidence do you guys know dr k dr k oh the streamer uh yeah but he's like he's like healthy yeah. gamer or something gamer you know this guy oh yeah. i think i know he's like this indian dude he's yeah. so good dude, he's so good by the way like, yeah, like gaming or like as a no like no. he's a therapist yeah, he's, he's a, therapist a clinical like therapist so i've seen i think i've seen one or two of these things yeah he's on the staff of harvard harvard med yeah. Uh, so he's like a. I don't know if he's like. He Twitch streams for like on the side, basically, right? Uh huh. Yeah. No, I think it, that's his thing. Like he has like a whole company that's related to like helping like addiction and mental illness with like gamers and stuff. So like he he's really famous because he does a, a bunch of live streams. Like on those live streams, he talks one on one or two yeah. one, two on one with like very popular streamers. Yeah, and sometimes he'll just stream and he'll help people through their problems. But I saw this yeah. really cool video by him the other day, and he was like, um, he was like, here's the reason why. All of you are like humongous procrastinators, and why you feel like you can't get anything done. And he's talking to like gamers. Did I come up with your suggestions? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was like, um, he was like the reason that gamers or people. Like he was like, okay, gamers are like statistically proven to be more intelligent than like most people on average, right? Obviously, you have like uh, some really stupid people who play video games. But he was like, oh, for the most part, you're. You're intelligent. The problem is you've grown up with people telling you you're smart your whole life. Mm -hmm. And so now, and you didn't try. And yeah. you think that you trying at something and you showing people that you are trying at something is evidence that you're not as smart as you thought you are and as, as smart as you want them mm -hmm. to think you are. So they don't try things because they can't, except failing and they're the people who are the least confident the people who are confident realize that it's not a matter of smart versus stupid this was brilliant i wrote this down in my notes it's not a matter of smart versus stupid it's mm -hmm. a matter often of 
experienced versus inexperienced. 100%. Like, I think in terms of parenting, right? The number one advice, if you ever have a kid, right? Hopefully, Just pump them up. You get more experience. <laughs> when you have kids, like right? Seven, eight kids. <laughs> never tell your kids that they're smart, right? Uh-huh. Or like if, if they did something good, attribute it to the hard work that they did. Yeah. Not because of the fact they're intelligent. Because then success or, or something like doing doing good is tied in their mind to hard work. And hard work in terms of success, right? It's, it's conscientious and hard work. And then IQ comes after that, uh, right? You do need both of them. But first, hard work comes, right? Yeah. If you can't work hard, it doesn't matter how smart you are to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think like to some degree, I, I, I feel like we've kind of like, um, we've kind of like made ourselves out to be like, you know, especially when we were talking about the earlier thing, made ourselves out to be like geniuses and stuff. But the three of us are like relatively smart people, right? And we've uh-huh. grown up. We're not bad. We've grown up. And I think to some degree that happened to me. I think people told me I was smart. And I think that inspired uh-huh. me to become a little more lazy uh, later on in my life. Because, well, and we were talking about this on a different episode in high school, like whiz by. Yeah. yeah. I literally don't remember a night where I studied in high school. <laughs> I literally do not. <laughs> And then you come to college and then you're like, oh, crap. Because as, as easy or hard as a class might be, college is college and work yeah. is work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's totally, totally different. And it's definitely something that you need to, like people who are not, from my experience, people who in high school were considered like average students end up killing college. Dude, oh, I know. I can exactly like this in my high school. One of the most like hardworking people I know. He was like he was pretty smart. I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify as being like incredibly intelligent, right? Especially and, and maybe in the class he wasn't like in the top one or two most intelligent people, but he had this thing where I, I think it also came in part because he used to do music, and he was used to produce music for like like eight ten hours a day, right? So that that hard work thing, it's like you're building you're training that muscle, right? You know how to work hard, yeah. and it used to be the same way in class because I remember like. For me, math class, and this is not to be like braggadocious or anything, but like I used to pick up the concepts pretty easy and then I would kind of goof off, right? But I always remember him as being the kid. He don't always pick it up first, but he wouldn't give up until the fact that he got it. Yeah. Bro, and he's doing in like he's doing incredibly well right now. Yeah. Right? And and, and it's because of the fact that he just has that resilience in him. Absolutely. And that's something extremely praiseworthy. Uh, something that uh, I heard about so two maybe no three years ago uh maybe around this time maybe four years ago but there was uh an msa event that i didn't go to but i heard the recording for afterwards because hamza farouk recorded it it was sheikh shanawi uh doing the talk about Omar mm-hmm. and oh, i remember that event you you were there uh, yeah okay so i heard Are the recording the afterwards. Age? no he's a year older but uh <laughs> you're graduating. yeah yeah wait hold on you're 21 22 22. How old are you? He's a year older. He just graduated this year. I'm I'm 21. I'm only 20. You guys are old as hell. Sir, you're just young, bro. Yeah, you're just <laughs> You guys are old as you're hell. That's why, the, that's why all the ladies oh, like it's the, the, <laughs> like the young ones, man. If you guys want a young little boy, we got one right here for you. <laughs> young little poopy. Uh, he has a beard. We can't really <laughs> You don't have a better beard. You just have a longer beard. You just you don't that's, you don't, that's a good beard. You don't you, just, you don't cut your hair. That's really what's happening, yeah. bro. <laughs> that's, that's, what was I talking about, bro? Uh, you were talking about how much Sheikh Shanawi. Oh yeah, Sheikh Shanawi. Then... First of all, Sheikh Shanawi, I I can literally listen to that man talk all day. 
Dude, he has one of those voices that is just so well, soothing. It's stories. not even. It's not even. It's the voice is probably part of it, but uh, he's just so intelligent. First he's of brilliant. All. Oh my god! So like, intelligent. Uh huh. And he um, he speaks English better than any native speaker I've ever met in my life, and English is not his first language. Okay. Wait, is it? I didn't know that. No. Dude. Wow, that's I mean, surprising. He has an accent. Like, I don't think it's his first language. But the other thing is. Uh, actually, it might be his first language. But anyways, <laughs> uh, the other thing is he is just so, like, he's well-spoken and he's, like, witty, like, while he's speaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, effortlessly. Mm. But anyways, the point I was getting at was he was talking about Omar Alihuan. And one of the points that he mentioned was Omar Alihuan took 12 years to memorize Surah Baqarah. Mm-hmm. Now, you can look at I brought this up in a previous podcast. You can look at that and be like, well, it took him 12 years. Maybe it took... XYZ Sahaba, uh, maybe it took them two months, whatever. Two months, maybe yeah. it took them a month, whatever. But the the point to take away, the take home point was he stuck with that for twelve years. Yeah. And he saw it through, and he saw it to the end. And that was the nature of Amr an, right? Subhanallah. He was someone who, like, just beat his way through things, just yeah. like. Approached everything with just such strength, focus, resolve. Incredible. We don't see that just like these days. I feel like I'm. I like people don't have just like determination. Well, I feel like people try things like once or twice, and then they just give up. Yeah. And then like and, and bro, but honestly, getting good at anyone anything takes minimum two years. It takes a long time. You want to be a good coder, bro? You need you need two years. Like yeah. Like you you might have a surface on understanding within like the first yeah. Like. Dude, your first six months, you're going to be doing tutorials, right? And you're going to be following yeah. along, yeah. right? And then after that, okay, maybe you, you start doing things independent of tutorials, yeah. right? And then maybe you get into like deeper concepts. But still, you're just following tutorials for like the yeah. first year or so. And exactly. you finally learn to produce things on your own. Exactly. You need to be really... What's that saying? It's like when you're... Before you know anything, you seem like... you know, you Before you try to learn something, you think as if you know nothing. And then once you l- learn a little bit... Dunning-Kruger effect. It's, no, is right. it the graph that goes like that? Like how yep, much you yep, think yep, you know? Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's essentially what you said. Yeah, you know. and then once you learn a little bit, you think you know a lot, and then once you actually understand most of it, then you realize you know nothing. Something like that. Exactly. It's and like, then and then you spend your whole lifetime, and then you're like, maybe I know something. Yeah. Maybe. I know dude, something. every three months, I look back, and I'm, I I always think to myself, dude, I'm so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it happens every three months, dude, like unconditionally. You know what does it for me? What? Every time. You know what actually does it for me? Every time I hear Sheikh Hatim speak. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. bro, he is incredible. He like, makes me feel like a monkey. I got to bleep the, the <laughs> word that I said out before, but he makes me feel like a monkey, bro. There's some people that like, that just make you feel like that. Um, but what were we just talking about right before that? We're talking about confidence, right? And how, and determination. Right. No, but you're like, you don't see those anymore. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, going back to what you were saying about confidence, what, um, you were saying, you asked me if I believe it exists. Yeah. So I think and, and confidence is could not exist. I don't it might not necessarily be confidence, but it's like it's more the absence of something rather than the existence of something. Mm. Meaning like uh, it's not that you have confidence. Wait, can you check on the recording real quick? Why are you so sluggish? Hurry up. Tap tap. How do you talk so loud but you move so slow? Because you use all my energy to talk. <laughs> Alright, continue. Do you look at? Do you guys look at the camera, or do you guys look at each other? By the way, I look at you guys. Wherever. I think I, every now and then I glance. The I, I just stare at you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just talking. We're just talking. Um, it's not even there. Yeah, once again, right, I'm gonna take my pants off then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, we 
should do a sauna episode where we just take off our clothes and go into sauna. We definitely should not do that actually. Well, as long as it's like the camera's waist up, you know, I think we'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Especially for the people watching this from Zaria. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Those episode. MSN girls from that freshman year event, bro. Watching it for me. God damn. Uh, Can we leave this all in, you, please? Buddy. This is the irony, because... Oh if, if it was true, I'd be so happy, but the irony is that it's not true. So now I'm just depressed. <laughs> <laughs> bro, it's not... God. Uh, Zaria, there's at least true. one girl watching for you, okay? Yeah, my mom. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Like, there's no one. This is what it is, man. Oh, oh God. I know. I find that so funny. <laughs> no, there's definitely girls watching for a second. But what were you saying? Uh, what were we talking about? Okay, yeah. Like, think about this, right? Um, you know who always seems really confident? Kids. Yeah. Like, kids always seem crazy Ignorance confident. Ignorance is bliss. Bro. Ignorance is bliss. But, but you see, why Why is that the case, though? They have no, no notion of the weight or the, no conception of the weight that things should be. They have no expectation. Yeah, yeah. To them, things just are, yeah. right? As you grow up, you develop expectations for how you should be acting, how you should be reacting. Yeah, yeah. So you're always trying to conform with that. But in reality, you want to detach yourself from that. So once you get rid of those expectations, exactly. right? But uh, I don't exactly. know. And, and I think another thing is... Uh, it's like the absence of... That's what I was trying to say, by the way. It's like it's, like, it's more so the absence of your expectations and how you should do. I actually agree with that. And it's the absence of this little voice in your head that uh, makes your intrinsic value dependent on what other people see mm-hmm. because that voice is a killer that voice will ruin your entire life it will ruin everything you do yeah um and once you like once you get past that think about confidence is like if you're confident and if you're truly confident a failure isn't like a failure like everything is just a success you know what i mean or i, I don't think it's that i think it just is yeah. Things just are. Things <laughs> like, just are, but then because they just are and you embrace them for what they are, you're just happy with what they are. So but, uh, but that isn't, like, for example, if I mess up, right, then it's not a failure. It just, it's something that happened that I need to make sure it doesn't happen next time. Exactly. Right? It just, it, it is a thing. Exactly. Not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's not a success or a failure. Like, yeah. people try to put things into such binary outcomes, right? Yeah. But instead of just trying to, don't even try to, what I'm trying to say is don't slot anything in, mm-hmm. right? Just leave it up there. It is, it is something. But yeah. Like, you don't uh, need to define it in a sense. Exactly. And I think I think it's weird because I think that's weird. <laughs> God damn it. I think that was weird. Dude, is this conversation boring here? How dude, I think my mic Dude, I really think people need to understand this though. Yeah, dude. No, the, you're going the wrong way, you idiot. Yeah, I have to make it looser to get in and then I'll untighten it. <laughs> that's how Zaria does it. He goes in all loosey goosey. Then he gets <laughs> God damn it, man. Uh, this is gonna be hard to edit up or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, yo, if you ever want to go that way, dude, I'm 100 percent for it. We go, go which way? That, oh, yeah, go that way. <laughs> All right, we'll see, we'll see. It'll, it'll be a hard to edit up. We might. If we end up going that way. Hey. And that's another thing. What? What? You know, that, that's another thing. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, so okay, I've actually mentioned this a couple different times, but I feel like it fits into a lot of different contexts. When we started this podcast, uh, Zareer wasn't actually present for like the birth origins of the podcast because it was originally just me and Ahmed who talked about it at first, right? And decided we're going to start it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we did our first episode, I was talking to someone. They were like, how long do you think it's going to be the episode? I was like, oh, maybe like two, three hours. And they were like, you should reduce it to like 30 minutes. And I was like, 
maybe, but I don't want to start playing this game, especially when we have zero freaking viewers. I don't want to edit that much, so we're just going to keep it. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not... He's saying 30 minutes, like, full. Yeah, no. Well, the two, two and a half hours would be more editing. No, just leave it on the raw footage, and then boom, we're done. <laughs> no, we can't do that for this. <laughs> but uh, yeah. if you're playing that game from the very you know birth of your idea where like you're like oh we have to meet the expectations of what a podcast should be first of all you're not staying genuine to a podcast and i think if you're not staying genuine to a podcast or genuine to yourself on a podcast you shouldn't do the podcast i think and the other thing is if you're like you have to be super ready to fail when you do something like this like yeah. I think the only like within the past couple of weeks we've had really good episodes I think when in terms of views the only success we've had was the, the, the one that we just put out last week it's not to say that the other ones were unsuccessful mm. but if you measure it by that standard yeah. and they were unsuccessful yeah. so you can't but you can you definitely see like from the beginning our quality has definitely improved yeah for sure right? you got, so, got the open sign some paintings and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> no but I think overall like the experience has definitely improved for us but it's not it's not even though it's not reflected in like tangential, tangent, even it reflected in real views, <laughs> reflected in real views, you can see that I think that we enjoy it more. So at the end of the day, I think in terms of progression, because we enjoy it more and it's easier for us now, I think we are growing in that sense. And people so, love, yeah, go ahead. So like two things about that, right? It's number one, I think people measure success too soon. Like you need to, like success happens over an average period, yeah. right? Meaning like if you're doing well, you, you're not going to see it. It's not going to be one episode. You're going to look at the past like 25 episodes, past 50 episodes. Yeah. Look at the average views of those, yeah. right? You don't look at the past one, <laughs> the yeah. average of the past one episode. Exactly. That's not an average, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get an accurate judgment there. Like yeah. statistically, that's stupid. Right. And that's how our minds operate in such a statistically stupid way, by the way. Yeah. Like we overestimate or, or rather, rather overvalue like the likelihood and expect, uh, expectation of like bad things happening. But the, the second thing related to that is... Is that political commentary right there? Uh, in part. No, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is also political commentary. Yeah, yeah. I figured, I figured that's kind of... <laughs> but yeah, continue. Uh, but the other part of it is like these micro spikes that you see or the micro declines that you see are because of that, right? They're insignificant. He is definitely a stock... A stock guy? Yeah, stock trader. Micro <laughs> spikes. <laughs> micro spikes? What the hell? Did you come out here just to say that word? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Dude, there's some words that I use. I think I started using... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> was that a, was that a dirty joke? That was a dirty joke, right? Oh, okay, okay. No, we're talking about this is PG. Okay, all right, continue. That was a dirty joke. It went over my head. It'll go over the viewers' heads. Keep exactly. going. Uh, dude, I wasn't paying I mean, attention, no. but once I paid attention, I got yeah, that yeah. immediately, bro. I want, no, I got it. I got it, but... Dude, no one gets this far in the podcast. We're fine. Uh, yeah. We have zero viewers right now. Continue. <laughs> I'm kidding. People actually watch. watch our full episodes, by the way, but continue. Yeah. I'm hearing some feedback, by the way. I don't know where that's coming from. What? From his headphones. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. I, just, I just didn't know where it was coming from. Okay. Um, no, there's, there, what was I saying? Microspikes. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there's some words that I've started using just because of the fact like yeah. that, that I... Like some words like confluence, right? The hell does that mean? <laughs> that's, a, that's a stock term, isn't it, it? It's like you look at a confluence of factors in order to make a decision. Meaning okay. a lot of like certain yeah. criteria... You need a set of criteria to line up. Or a subset of criteria to line up. Okay, that, dude, that's the other thing, bro. Like something like set, dude. I don't. I, I only use that because of, like of math. I think Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. 
Oh, why did I take math class? Dude, math is such a- Set theory is actually very interesting, right? Because set theory, is, uh, set theory is the basis of modern mathematics. Because, right, mathematics doesn't begin at numbers. You can't use numbers to- to, yeah, you to, to define what a number yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. You need to, the definition of something can't be based off itself. Yeah. Or if you define it by, a, by something else. So uh, yeah. around like the, the ninth, ninth century, 20th century, right? Mathematics completely sh shifted to a set theoretic uh, perspective. And now, dude, no matter what you do, Taking you, I'm taking probability theory right now. We do set Best theory class, there. dude. That was my favorite class ever. 477? Uh, I took the engineering version. Oh, that's... I can't say He's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, no, I've, I've rant about mathematics, but continue. And then also like real analysis. Same exact thing. It's all based on set theory. You always start with that. Well, same well when you go back to the basics, you end up expanding your knowledge. Mathematics is axiomatic. Yeah, you're right. Meaning you start off with a certain certain set of presuppositions, the most basic presuppositions you can have, and then you can build off of there. Yeah. This is a moral. No, but like, you need a... What were you talking about? You can continue. I mean, we'll go back to what you Dude, saying. once you start talking about math, this is going to go on a different <laughs> rabbit hole, bro. Do you want to go here? <laughs> no, but this, what, isn't the whole set theory based on like one assumption, and that assumption is not true, we're screwed? Remember, like, there is an inductive set, like, you have to assume that, but you can't prove that. See, this is a very interesting thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go back I, to what actually, you were saying I, before? I was, I was thinking about whether we're going to get into this or not, but... This might be interesting. Cut me well, off after like five minutes. Of this, this is not just math. It happens ahead. in a lot of places. No, no, no. So this is like a fundamental conversation, right? Determination of truth, right? Yeah. Can you really, is there really any truth that exists? <laughs> <laughs> Red Buddy's podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. We'll just so, end with that. Like for example, right? <laughs> That's a good Like, Is there any truth? All right, go, go. Start off with that. That's a great like intro thing. But <laughs> dude, that is by the way, literally anyone who knows you and watches the podcast will will expect you to have said that somewhere within the episode. Yeah. Already. Yeah. I, I dude, you know those magic tricks where they're like, I wrote this down like three days ago. Yeah. I wrote down three days ago. Amar Asmar. <laughs> is there such thing as truth? No, the predictions, yeah. Alright, go continue. No, but like, uh, okay, let's talk about this. We'll look at this from different perspectives, right? So, first of all, this is something that's you said a different perspective, and then you change how you, how you say it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's I'm gonna do that every single time. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, different perspective. <laughs> oh my god, sorry, dude. That's the second time we've had to one time before put in a physical blur. Cut that out, bro. <laughs> All right, all right. I can't continue. I can't continue. We're good. We're good. I can't continue. Yo, wait. Give me your phone real quick. Why? Give me your phone. Uh, <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> no. All right. Let's go. Continue. All right. No, that that was a good move. I, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, <laughs> Focus. We're talking about truth here. <laughs> I can't all right. Continue. So, let's talk about mathematics, right? Yeah. That 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 is one of the biggest criti critiques of mathematics, right? It's you don't start off from a deductive basis, right? You start off from axioms and then you go deductively yeah, yeah, yeah. from there, right? But how do you know the existence of the axioms are there? We're how do you know the axioms have, themselves are true? Let's try to make this into layman terms first. What we're basically essentially talking for about- For you idiots! <laughs> for all you, you goddamn idiots! For basically, this is for Arshad, guys. I'm not a math basically major. Arshad, but yeah, basically, what I was talking about, right? This is because I just had my midterm yesterday. Not yesterday, but last week, and it's still fresh in my mind. But essentially, the, what Omar was saying before, when you, the base of mathematics is based on numbers, right? But what essentially is a number, right? Like mm -hmm. what defines number the way i've learned it in set theory is that a number is basically represented by a set containing the number of values equal to that number for example 
one is defined as a set that contains one element. Two is defined or as one a, set specifically, right? Yeah, one set. That, yeah, and then two is defined as a, one set with like two elements inside and stuff like that. And the way you make the next numbers in the chain is by union by combining the set you're on right now with the okay. empty set. Right, right. Right. But that thing is that thing works inductively. But if you guys know anything about induction, is that you have to have a base case, right? So then yeah. for that base case, you have to define what is yeah. the empty set. Empty the empty set. set is equal to zero. Yeah, or empty right. set is equal to one, whatever it is. Yeah, but the thing is, because that is your base case, there's nothing before. Well, and, and you need you need that in order, like you need to make that assumption in order to, to build everything. In order exactly. to build anything and believe. Build all mathematics. It's the basis of numbers. Yeah, right? that, yeah. yeah. So, like, so if somehow somewhere in the future would say like there is no such thing as an empty set, literally our understanding <laughs> yeah. of the world would just be understanding of mathematics, right? Not not math, but mathematics shapes mathematics. the entire world would just be unraveled. Well, see, that's that's, that's where things get interesting. We'll get oh, into go, that. Go ahead. What were you saying about truths? Yeah, but I was looking so, at inductive and stuff. But yeah. So, right, let's let's take this even broader. Broader. We're talking about mathematics brother? here. Brother. 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 Let's take this even broader than that. Right. When uh, look at logic itself. Right. Logic, right? People love logic these days. They're like, oh, logic is absolute truth. Yeah, down, Dude, recently, there's, I think one of the greatest critiques of logic comes from Ibn Taymiyyah, right? Uh, he's a great Muslim philosopher, scholar, etc. One of the most, uh, like, producers, and he has some, some deep, deep works. One of the things that he wrote about logic was logic, right? You take any two logicians from the same era, right? See if they ever agree on anything. If logic is an absolute determination of truth and you can use it to come to truth, how come two philosophers or two logicians from the same era never come to the same conclusion? To play devil's advocate, to play devil's advocate, that might not be a flaw in logic, but that might be a flaw in a person's idea of what is yeah, logic. I was but then again, I, I, by the way, I agree that, that, with what you're saying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But then that falls into the case, right? Even even if logic can determine truth, we can't use it because it doesn't help us, mm. right? Even though what you're saying is true, meaning even if it can determine truth, if if it's useless to us, right? If it's we can't use it to come to truth and we can't agree on something, mm -hmm. then therefore it's useless, yeah. right? I mean, and then we can go off like, and then you can go off on science too. Science has the same problem. Yeah. Science can't, uh, science as, as two fundamental, like, there are two preconditions about science you need to acknowledge, right? This is going to philosophy of science, right? Philosophy of science, uh, the two basic things you need to understand is, first of all, right? Science cannot make claims about the non-material world, mm -hmm. right? Things that are, are not physical, tangible, right? Uh, that's, that's a very basic definition of material, yeah. but let's go with that. Things that are defined by matter, space, uh, yeah. etc. Yeah. right? The second condition is that science operates on a degree lower than a logical, right? If you, a, lo a deductive lower claim, uh -huh. uh, a lower, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a deductive claim is higher than an inductive claim. You gotta explain that further. Okay. <laughs> so deduction is when you start off with a principle, like an axiom that we were talking about before. An axiom is a principle, right? And then from there, you generate events or you generate, uh, what's a good word for it? Conclusions. You generate conclusions, yeah. exactly. Sure. Whereas, uh, whereas in induction, you observe things happening, right? I see this, I see this, I see this, and from this, I, I conclude X, yeah. right? So, well, this is funny because logic tells you <laughs> that... that yeah, essentially, the, essentially um, 
you're saying like let's say one's like, a probability say, blaze scheme and one's a one's a one's a binary and one's a probability yeah, blaze scheme. Okay, so just I, I understand what you're saying, but just for like for viewers, it's essentially like you know when you do a lab in high school or something and you have to do the experimental part of it, but then you prove it using the theoretical part of it. The theoretical part of it is superior because you're actually proving it using something else instead of just being like, Oh, you're here is yeah. such and such. And I mean, that, yeah, but like, like think about and, and another sense, right? You know, how many times have you copied lab, copy lab, uh, copied lab results from other people? Uh, <laughs> zero. <laughs> <laughs> Never done that, right? <laughs> right. And sometimes you get different results in, in, in your labs, yeah. and that happens all the time. But if you're doing, for example, if you're doing a logical proof, you're only going to get one result. Yeah. You might come to it differently, but at the end of the day, the result is going to be always. Dude, what the same. if some kid in some like their freshman year high school like physics class like ends up getting some experimental value that is indicative of some new truth within the universe <laughs> and his teacher's like, nah, that's wrong. <laughs> See, that's very interesting, right? That's 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 something called uh, paradigms in science, yeah. right? What happens is science operates in a, in a periodic way. It says we create a paradigm, we take evidence that, that supports it, yeah. and we use it to bolster it. Have you seen Faraz Sahabi talk about this? Oh, yes. I love Faraz Sahabi, but yes. By the way, that's GSP's. Do you know GSP? George St. something. George St. Pierre? That's, do you know G, GSP's... Yeah. Uh, I only know a reason I know GSP is because of Faraz Sahabi. Oh, well, I originally found Faraz Sahabi because of GSP, but then I found <laughs> out he's a freaking monster. Dude, he is both intellectually, like, brilliant. He's, he studied philosophy as bachelor's, and he's been, like, studying philosophy for the past 20 years. Yeah. He's, but, a, he's a trainer? And he's, he's also, trainer. like, one of the best MMA trainers. And he's oh, <laughs> possibly the best. <laughs> yeah. Possibly the best. Uh, TriStar Academy, I don't know if you've heard of it. And also, he's a very... He's outspoken uh, as a as someone who is like well versed in philosophy through his own lens as a Muslim as well. So oh, he's, Muslim, he's yeah. very praiseworthy. Anyway, continue. He's, he's, Arshad's so turned on right now. Like this is like the intersection of philosophy, intellectualism, and <laughs> MMA. And <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, MMA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> By the way, the, okay, so the thing that you were saying, right? Um, you're talking about these truths and these truths that come from our preconceived notions of. Uh, our paradigm so we exist in a certain paradigm and exactly. our truth has to exist within our paradigm in order for us to believe it as human beings except it can exist outside but we just won't accept it right mm -hmm. so um something that i heard uh somewhere i forget um well basically the point of it was human beings will believe what they want to believe and they'll prove that and yeah. they will prove one idea and if they want to they can prove the contradicting idea it's like um when when people are depressed yeah. And we'll find, especially Dr. K said this to someone. He was like, he was like, the problem with you is you're super smart. So since you're depressed, yeah. you're going to prove to yourself that you're not. It's one of the most dangerous anything. things, bro. Like, yeah. uh, I, I think it, it, dude, if you're super intelligent and, and you're, you're going through a tough time. Oh, dude, it, I have those people. I don't, I don't know how, like, I don't know how you can help them because they'll like, use every empir empirical. Have you watched Google hunting? Yeah. Yes. Like that's exactly what Google so hunting Robert, is. Robert Williams, Matt yes. Yes. Exactly. That's 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 one of the, the the themes in the movie is like you have someone who's basically he can beat right in the beginning he was beating Robin Williams on an emotional level. Remember when he bought up his, his wife? What is that painting? Right. Yeah, the yeah. scene where he's like where he's talking about the painting and then Robin Williams gets pissed. Get out of my office! Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only time Robin Williams breaks breaks character of his therapist because he's smart enough to understand. Okay. Yeah. That's abnormal there. So yeah. therefore that has some emotional connection. I can use that against him to get out of this. Exactly. Right. So you can use that to avoid and people do this in different ways. Dude, the way people is like, I don't personally have a tendency to do this. Right. If I want to avoid a situation, I can just make a joke out of it or, you know, like, you know, push it down, make it less than what it actually uh -huh. is. Yeah. Like, so 
I think I just tried to imply there that I was like intellectual. <laughs> so scratch that. <laughs> but I was smart enough to realize that. So that tells you something. That's like too layered, bro. That was him avoiding his own mishap with humor. There you go. Just like he said he would. Said it and he did it. So um, I, they can. You can really dig yourself into a trap when you're doing that. And sometimes you just need to stop thinking. Yeah, like I, you brought up Guru Hansi, I want to go on that. The, the no way. Of wait, course, wait. we're talking about films, and he wants to go. Let's, <laughs> let's stay. Go. What were you gonna say? No, because I was gonna say that the only way out of that is to just say I don't want to be smart. Because at the end of the movie, Matt Damon basically just runs away with the girl he's gonna marry, right? And the whole point is basically saying the only way you, if you're a super smart person and you need to get out of a, uh, like a slump or whatever, is just say f it all and just do whatever you want. That's the only solution to that. Because you asked yeah. how do you help them, right? I don't know if that's a morbid way of thinking, but. Yeah. That's really interesting. This is a house episode. Just well, wait, exa- no, that wait. So you're saying that's why smart people are the people who deal with depression the worst? Yeah. Uh, I would. Um, that could be an assertion that you can make. But the the reason I was saying smart people are deal with depression the most is because, all right, like for example, right? Wait, the most or the worst? I said the worst. Uh, the worst. The worst. Yeah, okay. I meant the worst. Yeah. Um, the reason I was saying that was like, all right, like let's say, um, let's say you take someone who's like really ugly. Uh, like you, for example, right? So <laughs> I'm kidding. The girls that are really super smart too, guys. Come on, he's gonna get depressed. Oh <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's say you take someone really ugly. If they're stupid, uh, they're gonna have some weird levels of confidence for no reason. They're gonna, they're not, like, they're not gonna know that. Like, you know, people like who the DMV person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's the DMV person? Oh, that was in a different. He, there, he had a really podcast. Yeah, he had a really honored like. He had a really mean and unattractive DMV lady, and our shit's. I'm like, like how are you mean? And, like, <laughs> like, like, okay, I got it. Anyways, <laughs> anyways uh, like someone who's really so, and uh, dude, I feel like, I feel like, we can all like think of. So I'm not talking about one specific person that we all know. I'm just thinking like you can you can think of someone who thinks they're a lot like more attractive and hotter than they are. So why are you looking at me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a big I look at our shit. Okay. I never said nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm cool with that then. But it's because they're stupid. <laughs> they're stupid. <laughs> That's I said this they're before. Stupid. Ignorance is bliss. Dude. It really is. Yeah. yeah no. like, well, so the a smart person will realize they're ugly. And a smart person, even if they're not ugly, will take something will take one little thing that's messed up about them and they'll give themselves every bit of evidence, every bit of data. Everything, every reason to believe mm. that they're ugly. They could be, dude, they could be one of the most beautiful people you've ever seen and have a weird nose. And they'll go online and they'll find all these things on like YouTube, whatever. They'll, uh, that'll be like, why why the nose is like the most important part of your face and why like you why oh, are you insecure about your nose? Is that what you're projecting right oh. now? <laughs> no, actually, you guys didn't see Bora too yet. Damn it, never mind. Oh, that's, I want to watch that so bad. I watched it yet. Like, that's, so good. that's why I was saying that a smart person is actually more susceptible to like deeper forms. Well, yeah, of I agree with that. So like, how do you avoid that? So look, I know you're going to be on the house episode. I know exactly what you're talking about. You do. The, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Super go, genius go, 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 yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's a scene in, uh, in house where this patient comes Love in that show. and, uh, the show is actually not a medical show. It's straight up philosophy. Yeah, like it's, it's just masked with it's masked really, with like fake medicine. Really shows, there's an episode called House versus God where he literally just theorizes like 
is there an afterlife or whatever? And he's like poking himself with intellectual socket. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Afterlife. It's insane, but yeah. It's such a... It's it is a, massive medical despair. <laughs> it's a brilliant show in that sense. Yeah. Is your thing connected? Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, so this house episode, right? There's a patient that comes in. Um, he's... His looks are a little weird. He's like he has like that that bleached hair on top, like uh, the, the 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 bleached tips. And then he comes in, and they can't really figure Boston out the tips. Yeah, uh, he can't they can't figure out what's wrong with this guy, right? So they do the normal thing that they do, and they break into the patient's house, yeah. uh, and they they break in, and they don't really find anything abnormal. But uh, it was that there was a lot of cough syrup, and and a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So usually, what takes place is that you use the alcohol, you drink a lot of alcohol, and then you use like the cough syrup to basically. Uh, reduce the effects of it. Something, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, something along those lines. It's, it's probably pseudoscience, but who cares? No, but that was the best part. Wait, what's yeah. the point? Because the, the point is, is he was doing the opposite way. He was drinking the cough syrup, right? And if you drink enough of it, then it basically dulls your intelligence, yeah. and you're basically buzzed the whole time. And you you drink alcohol to reduce like the effect of that. So he was doing the exact opposite of what they thought. And this guy, so oh, they wait, took him. So okay, just to clarify, the point of drinking alcohol and then drinking cough syrup is like if you need to drive or something. Like no, that. no. That, like, not, if you need to be, because I don't understand why someone for a good time would drink alcohol and then. So that's the thing. They, they thought he was an addict, right? So you would drink. Me, I'm. I also forgot the context, but it was basically like in in one order of the drinks. I forgot which one's the order. In one order of the drinks, it gets you really like high, and you're, you're just hard chilling. But in the other order. Okay, I see. I see. In the other of the. And he did the yeah, other, other order of the drinks. It's like long sustaining. Like you do it over a long enough period of time, yeah, and yeah, then you just dull, you, dulls your brain. you you kill off like you yeah, and, and he wanted to be dumber. He wanted to be dumber, right? And what happened was he found a girl. Oh, I don't know why is this always the thing. He found a girl. I still remember the scene so vividly. <laughs> he, he, he has he has this girl that just she's just so carefree, right? And she's like she's beautiful, right? Yeah. And uh, she's not the most intelligent, but she's having a great time in life. Mm-hmm. And then he just wanted to be like her. He wanted to be happy. I still, right? I still, I still remember the scene. Uh, the scene. He, he was talking to the doctor, and the doctor said, "You're a super genius. You could work for NASA or something. Why aren't you doing that?" He's like, "My intel, my IQ is probably like quadruple of hers, but her happiness or something is probably infinitely more than mine. Something along those lines." Beautiful. And he's line. like, "Dude, that show is so good." But he's just like, <laughs> "I like at that." Oh my! I literally think of that just makes me sad because at the end of the day, he was right. Like, would you rather be like a super genius, or would you rather just be content with? life like that girl yeah. was not smart at all like she wasn't an average she was just like classic blonde i don't even think she was blonde like well, the way our paradigm works is you yeah. can't be content without being a super genius exactly but anyways continue and then and, no and it's it's kind of funny how it's like everyone sorry, wants to be smart you off, yeah. yeah you did cut him off i'm it's, sorry it, you, were you saying something no i was just gonna say and then in the episode ends with them drinking the cough syrup and going back to being dumb yeah um, exactly both well, did he d-o-d on it oh i think he just i don't know i don't know that but i just remember he just chilled and continued yeah, and then another thing that he said, he was having a conversation with House, right? And House kid was came in and he talked to him. He's uh, and they were both alone. And he's like, the guy turns to House and he's like, it's lonely, isn't it? Right? Like, and it was like there was like the two smartest people in the hospital there. Dude, he was, chill, was he, he, yeah, <laughs> he um, that was when he was not on the cough syrup. That's after they yeah, got him off it. After yeah. they did the detox, right? Yeah. And 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 he turns to him. He's like, yeah, must be difficult being the smartest person here. Because his house is all alone, and that's that's a big theme in the whole show. That he's always alone, whether it be through intelligence or pain or companionship or something. House is all, is literally the embodiment yeah, yeah. of being alone. That's why, like on the surface level, I'm gonna spoil the house, but the show came out like 20 years ago. So if you haven't watched it by now, suck it up. But, yeah. So the, the finale on first level, a lot of people thought it was really stupid. 
But the finale is essentially that his best friend is dying. And Almost, they just oh, run away together, right? That, yeah. Oh, dude, that episode yeah. is... That, that episode is really good, but yeah. they just run away together. So people are thinking like, this is so stupid. You're just telling me he, he doesn't get... He has like relationships up to that point. He has commitments and like doctors and everyone yeah. loves him. He's coming in and out of prison and stuff. But he just says, F it all, fakes his death and runs away. And everyone's like, what the hell was the point of that show? Mm. I watched House at least four or five times from beginning to end. I think that... <laughs> That show specifically I, House is amazing. I do think it's amazing one of the best shows I've ever seen though. Show. Like not yeah. even, no cap, it's and one you of my spoiled favorite. it for me? You haven't watched it? No. I've just seen like, episodes. Yeah, know. I feel like Mad Men, you love House. Like yeah. House is House, House is, is very similar in character. I think by the way, that whole idea of um I think that's like an like an archetypal thing, like in, in storylines of yeah. shows and movies and Mad Men, you bring up Mad Men of being of like at the end someone who's at the top and is super lonely, lonely top, yeah. decides to get rid of whatever's valued by everyone else and be like oh, screw you guys i'm going on my own thing don drape um, do you no. have you watched that yet i'm probably not gonna watch it you can go ahead okay but he comes back anyways but no but the point i was gonna make is that you should you, by the way you'd love you that show it, yeah. you but would like, love that show the point is at the end that wilson was the only constant from season one through eight, his best friend was the only person who was with him through everything. Like through like, you know what's my my favorite house episodes is like that two parter with with Amber. Oh, like the one Wilson's the, heart and House's head. Was it? Oh, was that the bus crash? The bus crash. Oh my! I know. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm not gonna spoil it for you. You have to watch that episode. But essentially, what that episode is is that you you wake up, you see the house. The episode is from House's perspective, right? Which is brilliant, but you wake up and he's at a strip club and he doesn't remember anything. And that's just where the episode starts and slowly he begins to piece together what's happened, but he keeps telling himself, I'm missing something, I'm missing something, right? So the whole show is him trying to psychoanalyze his own thoughts and dreams yeah. to figure out what the hell he's missing. Yeah. It is such a master episode like like if you pay attention you can figure it out from minute one like everything is there for you to figure out but you and house together are trying to figure out what am i missing what's there important and like he does like he finds out somebody has diabetes somebody has a heart problem and all that crap but he's still like no that's not it what am i missing what am i missing and like it's just so good sounds like a show i, I would like to watch it's an amazing show bro but yeah it actually i think it, de- it deals with i think i watched a little bit of madman it, deal, it deals with a lot of it deals with a larger breadth of philosophical issues, yeah. right, and like moral issues. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that, they're a little bit more explicit about it. Like if you don't pick it up, House is more so than Mad Men. Is what I saying. think so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Well, Mad Men is also a show that it's like, old timer. It's yeah, Mad Men is old timer, and also it's just super entertaining. So Mad Men the problem- actually, you know what? I just contradicted myself because earlier on the podcast I said it's not super entertaining. It is pretty entertaining. No, Mad Men is pretty entertaining. But the thing with Mad Men is you have a guy who's a 1960s businessman, right? Where in house is yeah. a doctor that takes place in Princeton, like it's Princeton like, Plainsboro. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a fake hospital, but like it's supposed to take place in Princeton, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. And he has everyday problems like us. Like he eats lunch in the cafeteria, like with fries, steals fries from his friends, has to pay speeding tickets, and all that crap. So on that level it's more relatable yeah right well i watched a couple episodes and i thought i thought it was supposed to be like a funny show where this guy oh, just makes fun of dumb oh, it has the best dark humor by far <laughs> it does it does nothing house is wit is incredible well, <laughs> nothing comes close i don't think you understand how good they do the dark well humor yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it for sure yeah it's like oh my god all right i think we should stop fangirling over house he's i know he's british he's a british he does the yeah. best american accent but like <laughs> 
I think uh, I think a lot of British actors have really good. No, I've seen a lot of British actors, but his is really good. You, like, I've you, heard it. I've heard it. Yeah, when you watch, you're just like, what? He's not American. Uh, he also comes. He he does blues music. Yeah. What a guy. What, what a guy. Well, what what were we talking about right before House? Happiness, All right? For yeah, smart the, people. The, the, oh, the conundrum yeah. of being smart and and happy is it possible? Yeah, it's possible because what you end up, what you have to do. So it's funny. And the, the solution, the, the, the backtrack, the solution that we had, right, is like you basically just throw everything and run away. Well, like not care. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like mentally run away. Oh, like, okay. You're talking about when I'm when not saying the solution I agree with. I'm just, I'm just saying that's, that's so, what, so all the what, shows and all the archetypes are seeming I to be portrayed. Agree with that solution, so no, one of the things I think it's a potential that, solution. Uh, so, okay. Somebody, somebody sent me something and it was supposed to be really stupid. Um, and they're like, oh, well, look at this, like stupid me. And it was like, it was like, um, you are sad and you are dumb, says the goblin in your head. Take out goblin, beat goblin over the head. <laughs> and I was like, hold up. <laughs> this isn't supposed to be, this is like a stupid meme, but this is like, this is crazy. Because essentially, the goblin will tell you what to believe. And if you're smart, you will prove what the goblin tells you to believe. Yeah. Now, if you understand that something comes from the goblin, then you have more control over it. If you understand that something that you're insecure about comes from a goblin in your head, then now you've set distance between yourself and this voice in your head. Yeah. And I think that's the approach that people need to take. And I think that's... a. Uh, like people that are people that are depressed, like they have this lens and everything is so dark and everything is so bad. But people who end up getting past depression and through depression understand that one day they'll get better and understand that the reason they feel a certain way right now is because they're looking at everything through a lens and they identify that it is a lens. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. And not reality. Yeah. And not themselves. Uh, like no. I was talking to one of my friends like a long time ago. Like he's like really well versed and stuff and he's telling me like the problem a lot of people have was that when the problem with depression is that it's very like the number one thing that people have to realize is that 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 impending sense of doom is something that's intrinsic like you like a lot of times they'll put that on themselves but once you get rid of that impending sense of doom right so like he was saying that like the medicine like medicines that people prescribe when they're in therapy is basically that like you will just get rid of that impending sense of doom and like it just does wonders it doesn't change anything in their life yeah but once the mentality changes right then it does help a lot of people it's in part cognitive bias right yeah. like you if you're looking out for something then you'll find it right yeah. and if uh -huh. you're always looking for the negative negativity then that's what you're going to seek out so telling someone in the short term don't worry like or stop worrying right does nothing does nothing but in the long term it's actually, I think, a very effective yeah, solution. Yeah, yeah. In the long term, like stopping to worry and trying to find the positive things that are there, we sound like such hippies right now. Yeah. But <laughs> well, if, if you, I think it's more so if you understand that at some point you can stop worrying. Yeah. I think that's the distinction to be made. Not like don't worry, but like it'll pass. Um, yeah. I was, I was just about to say something before. Oh, crap. What was the thing you said? House is really good. No, no. After that, you want to go back to that, bro? We spent 15 minutes on that. Is this the first episode we've talked about House? No, I yeah. feel like it's been mentioned before. No, I feel like it's the first episode. I'm going to go back and rewatch it tonight. Really <laughs> good. That time number six. Dude, I don't think you understand like, how good that show is. It is actually incredible, though. Yeah. Well, anyways, I can't remember what the hell I was going to say, but let's have some... Uh, this, this, this the, they found a homeless dude, right? 
So this can tangent into something else. Maybe they found a homeless dude, and like I remember the episode, like they, they for some reason found like like bones and crap inside him, and he basically said that yeah, I'm homeless, and sometimes they I found don't. bones inside of a person. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I actually have that same condition. Shut the hell up. Keep going, Zara. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so he was homeless and he was eating like birds and ingesting bones yeah. like, in his okay. stomach. Yeah, go. obviously. Oh so he was ingesting. I got that by the way. Yeah. I was just being a little mean. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> sure. Okay. So he, he, was, he basically said he was homeless and stuff, and he ran away. And his parents never like he had problems with his parents, and he was eating like birds and like dogs and stuff on the side of the street, right? That's so that's why they found bones and sticks and like in in his stomach, right? Okay. And like. No one's gonna major spoiler for the episode, but at the end of the episode, it's apparently revealed. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember it right now. Like it was revealed that he was actually a cannibal, and like he was a serial mm. killer, and they just let him go because they convinced everyone that he had like a crappy upbringing, and like he would be fine if he just stayed off the drugs. And like the police come in, and like what happened? And House like, yeah, I let him go, and he's like, yeah, you just let go a guy who's on guilty of ki- like eating and killing and eating like a family or some crap. And I, was, I still remember seeing the episode like what the frick like the it way messes he, with your mind bro the way he <laughs> acted like sometimes you wonder that like you just see a guy on the street like that guy does some crazy stuff like I do a lot I like sometimes if you like zone out especially when I'm bored and stuff and you just think like every person I've met in my life has had years of experience to this point so, to the point that I see them visually like that's just yeah yeah like oh uh, yeah this is uh, something really trippy every person like literally like you go to you go to manhattan and there's like millions of people and, and they, they all, all had a story they all had a life it's very interesting to think about this from <laughs> a philosophical perspective <laughs> let me take a piss real quick and then we can continue she always does what are we talking about i was about to go into philosophy what are we gonna talk about oh yeah how everyone's connected Oh, yeah, uh, let's talk thing. about so individual lives. Yeah, right. So, insight. This is <laughs> this is a very interesting thing, right? Um, hold on, let me gather my thoughts again. Uh, we were talking about going to Manhattan and seeing a bunch of people. Okay, so we're looking at individuals, right? And it's it's kind of fascinating. About you look at collections of events. This is an interesting uh, problem. Sometimes a dilemma in philosophy, right? Uh, and I think someone who explained this really well, right? Like, how do we end up at the moment that we are right now? That's the fundamental question, right? Yeah. Um, and someone who tried answering this question was Simone Laplace, right? Simone Laplace is a, is a great yeah. physicist. Uh, uh, Laplace transforms? Yeah, was he the Laplace? Uh, Laplace transformations, yes, that's probably how you know it, right? Uh, and explained it like this, right? And in a certain sense, like, how are we so ignorant about reality, but we feel like we know everything, mm-hmm. right? So the way he put it, it was, was like this, right? Imagine there is a pool table, right? Mm-hmm. And on this pool table, there's, there's a break that's about to take place, right? And he, told, he said, listen, if someone breaks, does the break, and all the ball, balls scatter, right? It's like, oh, that's something random that took place, right? But he said to me, that's not random at all. Mm-hmm. If you told me the force at which the ball was being hit, where the ball was hit, the arrangement of all the other balls, the friction on the table, the air resistance, okay. all of those different factors, right? Is that, to me, I can calculate and can tell you exactly where every single ball is going to go. Yeah. Right? It's a hard calculation, but it's possible. It's possible. It's a mathematical calculation, right? Uh, <laughs> theoretical possibility, but it's not, it's not a logical impossibility, though, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it it can be calculated. Yeah. Um, so, 
just like that, right? Every event that takes place, think about it as, you know, a pool ball being hit. And once the pool ball hits, it's like me speaking with you right now. There's a bunch of pool balls hitting in my head. And then there's a broader interaction taking here. Right. right. That can be thought of as a bigger pool ball, right? Essentially the idea that nothing's random. It's the idea that nothing is random and that everything is hardly determined. Meaning that everything is going to happen in a certain order no matter what. But that contradicts an idea that we have in our head. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. Why, why do we think everything's going to happen in a certain order no matter what? Because, okay, f- for example, the reason you just said what you said was in response to what he said, and it didn't come out of the it's, it's a fist. It's, it's, it's just a pool ball hitting another pool ball. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I said something, yeah, yeah, which is influenced by what something, something that Arshad said before. Yeah. Okay. But you have this infinitely long line of pool balls hitting each other, and, okay. and time by time, right? Yeah. It's everything A leads to B, B leads to C, and it's everything's hardly determined, mm-hmm. right? But how do you reconcile this with this intuitive experience that you have of the fact that I'm making decisions about what to say and what to do every single time, Right. And this was a very difficult problem. I don't think Simone Laplace actually solved this, right? What happened was, because uh, like, how do you reconcile these, these two things? Well, the way I think maybe an answer to that is is that consciousness is something that you can look at in a tangible way. Yeah. And then the pool, the, the pool ball thing well, is something well, Consciousness, can, I don't believe at least. Well, is, no, no. I don't, think, I don't think you can. I don't think it is interpretable in a tangible way, but I think it can be something modeled as if, it, modeled as if it's as if it's tangible yeah because the, the way you act is based on your whole, whole experiences so you can be like 30% chance of childhood trauma yeah. 10% chance of like something you saw on yeah. the way here and, and combine all those in, in a sense okay, you so, can say that okay, consciousness okay, okay. is tangible because so alright let's talk about consciousness right this is a very interesting topic right I, I don't think I don't think it's something that can be. I, I use the word tangible lightly before, by the way. So continue. <laughs> I don't think ta- I don't think consciousness is material at all, right? I don't think it can be mo- or it can really Not be material. modeled, uh, right? So, so here's here's I give let me let me give you an interesting problem, right, sir? Take an addict, right? Okay. Addicts generally come from the toughest and most difficult conditions. They they're ge- genetically usually predisposed to being addicts, right? They have probably anger issues and other uh, a company of other factors. Right, so that's say that's 50 percent, uh, and look at look at their nature. Look at where they grew up. They grew up in some really hard places. Parents may not be in the picture. Right, nature and nurture dictate what. This person is going to be an absolute failure. There's nothing good going to come, come from this person. Yeah. Right, but somehow, there's this there's a third variable here, right, that's not hard determined. Right, it's it's like this will that they have that they want to pull themselves up. Where did that come from? Right. Everything that would tell you, if you looked at their genetics, if you looked at, if you, if you looked at their, 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 their environment, the way that they grew up, their upbringing, their childhood, yeah. right? The, look at their friends. Look at the people around them, right? Look at all of those things. But yes, despite all of that, they're able to pull themselves out of it. What does that tell you, right? There's some factor we haven't... I mean, there's probably, yeah, so there's, 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 thinking. There's, there's some model that necessary. There's something that you might not necessarily be able to model. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I, or something you missed. This is yeah, what I was thinking. I was like, for example, you can do a, you can do a thorough investigation of their entire lives, but maybe maybe you've learned everything about their friends, everything about their family, but maybe you don't know when they were five years old and someone told yeah, so them like that pool table analogy. That if, we, if this is if, they, if you asked, wait, the, wait, do, that someone told them that that you can do hard work and something, and maybe that's not something that you spotted. No, no, I was gonna say like for the pool table analogy, like maybe this is before we discovered friction was a thing, right? So if this was before we discovered friction was a thing, our calculations would be different because we, we didn't account for that yet. So maybe okay. there are some factors. Like that, it's just a different opinion at that point because you can't really prove either side. But mm-hmm. like, for me, at least, I like to think that you should be able to 
model it out. If well, able so to hey, let me put it. Let me put it this way. I don't think right? it's modelable, but it does exist, and we believe that it's, that it does that something exists. Like predetermination is not something like you don't have to be like oh. Uh, a to B, A leads to B, which leads to C, and therefore everything happened because something happened before that. Um, predetermination, or the belief that the belief that God willed everything to happen, does fit nicely into this idea, or it can fit nicely into this idea. Zero, to answer your point specifically, right? Yeah. Like your your thoughts and things that take place, they are they are all pool balls, right? They're just hitting each other, yeah. right? But at the same time, you have a con- you have a first person intuitive experience that's telling you that oh, I have a, a thought. Right, like a pool ball hitting each other might say, might might send a message, but you intuitively know that that's that's me feeling hungry, yeah. right? Or like this tastes good, mm-hmm. right? This thing is great. I like I, I I like this person, right? That's like a firsthand intuitive experience that you have. Yeah. So even though there are pool balls hitting, those pool balls never communicate that information. The pool balls never communicate that information. The pool ball is never conscious of the fact that it, it's feeling that information. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The pool ball doesn't know that it's feeling hungry. Right, it it might send it might be sending a message. Yeah, but, but that is assuming that your consciousness is not something that's. That's assuming that your consciousness is not something that's. It is something that's aware of itself. Wait, wait, wait! I, I think consciousness is it. Consciousness determines your uh your awareness, right? Yeah. Meaning you are aware of your brain because of your conscious consciousness. You are aware of your body and everything around you. I'm aware of you taking place. Because you are in my conscious experience right yeah, now. Yeah, but I think you need to separate that awareness. When you're talking about the way people are and the way people uh, act and the way people like live their lives, you need to separate the awareness um, from... Because the awareness is like a, a total mystery to us as human beings. Like, I think that's something that we can't even like touch. But what you can think about when you're thinking about action A leading to action B leading to action C, you can think more so in like... I think there is an answer to that question, which is like there within is, their brains, yeah. within their brains. No, uh, there's another answer, right? So Leibniz, right, uh, inventor of binary code yeah. in calculus, right? Uh, he comes along and here's what he says, right, in response to Simon Laplace. He says, Laplace was before Leibniz? I believe, if I remember correctly. Isn't Laplace transformations all calc? Yeah, but... Maybe, but he answers he answers this question regardless, right? Uh, I think Simone Laplace maybe modeled the, the equation different, or the, oh, yeah. the idea or the problem differently yeah. later. But Leibniz, here's what Leibniz says. He's like, imagine you have two trains, yeah. right? And these two trains always move in perfect, uh, perfect direction. One goes right, right, the other one goes right, left, right. left, right. It's they're perfectly synchronized, mm-hmm. right? And at any given moment, right? And one train being your your conscious experience, your free will that you're enacting on the world, right? And the second one being this broader pool shot that I guess you could say that God is taking, right? And then the way that Leibniz puts it is that how do those two correlate infinitely precisely every single moment without any randomness taking place? And he, the way he puts it is that it's almost as if God took the perfect pool shot mm-hmm. because God has... All of the equations, right? Or what, what, we, what we can describe as equations, right? He has all of the variables. He knows all of the constants, right? And knowing all of that, he can ca- calculate that to an infinitely precise value. Right? And that's, that's, why, that, that's why Biden goes up and sounds like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> on his freaking debate. It all leads up to that. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, that was a stupid joke. <laughs> 
all of so, human existence has led up to that moment. So you're just saying it's not by coincidence per se, but by pure calculation. That's why we're. All is it? Ask you. Let me ask you this, right? I like this. Is, this is why I think about it, which well, I that's think also is what we believe. Though it's, it's, I think it's less elegant than the way Leibniz, uh, Leibniz puts it, right? It's like, first of all, right? It's I think if you believe in an all knowledgeable, all powerful God, right, or even just an all knowledgeable God, mm-hmm. right, it doesn't make sense to believe that he wouldn't know that. Like, it's it's not a contradiction that you have your own free will and that he knows what you're gonna go, what you're gonna do. It's not a logical contradiction there. Why not? Yeah. How would it be? I can't prove the existence of not something. I can't prove that something is not a paradox. Oh God. Okay. Fine. We're getting well, actually, I probably could, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, every time I hear, every time I hear like a proof to to say what you said, it's always like it's usually like flawed in one sense or another. And I think the answer is you can't prove. I think I think you can't prove it a hundred percent, but I think through a confluence, a confluence of of different proofs, you can arrive at a better explanation. I think you can make it feel more intuitive. I think you can you get can a better do. understanding of it, but also I do think that these like understanding some of these concepts is is very important. Yeah, but what was to the, like the point you were gonna make? Yeah, continue. What was the point that I was gonna? You say you're gonna make it's it perfect pool shot. Okay, yeah. So so the way I, I think about it is like this, right? Uh, this is another common analogy that's given, right? And, and it goes along the same tangent, meaning if you imagine you have two tests, right? One test is turned okay. over, that's and and another test. This is probably the one that everyone's heard. That's the one that I've heard, and that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So you have two tests, and then. One test is pre-filled out and one test you're filling out. Yeah. What's going to take place is that you're going to fill out one test and then once you flip over the other one, it's going to be exactly the same to what the way you filled it out. Is that a logical contradiction? Is that a paradox there? No. Yes. Holy shit, my <laughs> hands. But, yeah, that makes sense. It's not a contradiction. It's not. Yeah, it's not a contradiction. Contradiction to what? It's not a contradiction. It, it, it just, like, is, is it, is it pa- the meaning... Like for is example, a contradiction to choice. You're basically saying. For example, I'm saying a contradiction. Be? An example of contradiction is a square circle, right? Is this like a square circle? Like meaning, can both things exist at the same time? Yes. Yes, right? Yeah. So therefore, it's not a logical paradox. It's not logical impossibility. That's the way I think about it. Okay, I need. So basically, <laughs> you're just saying that. So how does that translate to us in the world? And like, okay, yeah. so you want to let's, let's derive some lessons from it, right? Yeah. Do you have any lessons you want to drive from it, Arshad? Uh, well, I, I'm uh, gay. How does lead up to that? <laughs> so Zarin pulled out his pants earlier. And I... <laughs> what? Well, okay, wait, sorry. The, what was your question? Was, are there All any right. lessons so, you want to derive from that? Okay, okay. So let me, let me go forward with this a little bit yeah, more. So what is the flipped right. over test? What's so, our test? No. Huh? So take the analogy and try to explain it in the whole world sense so I can understand. Wait, what? what? It, take the analogy in terms of Every single choice that you make decision, yeah. is a decision on, on the test. And then, or its own test, yeah. And then the flipped over test is... is all, all the predetermined choices that you're going to make. So the... Uh, what was the question? Was it's the question it's the, all the decisions that, that God knows that you're going so to make. Or Allah just knows okay, that... You, so it's not that God already... is God is forcing you to make a choice. It's just that God already knows what, what you're, you're going to choose. It's possible. What I'm trying to explain to you is that... What most people don't get is that... It must be that God forces you if he knows. Yeah, but that's, that's not, not true. That's not that. That doesn't have to be the case. My mind is blown. Holy crap! <laughs> I have a headache too, so my mind like. <laughs> have you never heard this before? No. It's probably not. I don't think people explain it really well. I don't. I, don't think I it, took. I took a philosophy yeah. class, and I. I didn't hate it, but like. Dude, philosophy class. I've taken philosophy class before. Everyone in there are freaking idiots, bro. <laughs> like, no, that's my, all these. My, my professors. Really no, no, professors are smart, yeah. right? 
But I think that kids in there, especially like the atheist ones that walk in, that think that they're the crap because they read some oh, crap on Reddit. Dude. <laughs> they're like, oh. every dude, every like, okay. There's some people. I, you know what I don't get? This is a kind of a like. Okay, first of all, those guys that read crap on Reddit, they always come in such a posh attitude. <laughs> I know exactly. It's what we said before. Like, you, yeah. If you know a little bit, you think you know a lot. There's oh, hundred percent. But the philosophy professors, the ones that know a lot, are never like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and just to prove your point, you guys know. Uh, obviously, you know Zayn Malik. Did you hear this? Uh, like a long time ago, is that you, the singer guy? I was yeah. the singer. Okay. Come on, you know Zayn Malik. <laughs> yeah, he was on One Direction. Now he's his own guy. Okay. Oh, that singer guy. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, but anyways, he was, as you might imagine from his name, he was born Muslim. Yeah. And currently, he does not practice Islam. And someone like asked him about it. They're like, "Why aren't you? Like, oh, are you Muslim still?" Did that pause? No, I didn't. Uh, but he was like, he was like, oh yeah, like I don't really, I don't understand. He was like, there's no point in like me like repeating a prayer five times a day in some language I don't even understand. And I'm like, look, you can you can sit there. At the time, the guy was like maybe 23, 24. I'm like, you're 23, 24. You think you got all this stuff figured out? You think you got figured out what makes sense? You got figured out like. Like you just apparently know everything, and if something doesn't make sense to you, like you've dis- you've dismissed it, and like you're done with the religion. You know what I mean? Like you've grown up. There's been, doubt. There's been a dude like fourteen hundred years of scholarship. Years of exactly. Scholarship. That's just thrown out by you know and you're a twenty four year old that's figured life out. Yeah. But to that point, exactly right, dude. Go pick up. Go pick up. For example, Imam Ghazali's book. Right. Go pick up Ibn Taymiyyah. Any any one of these scholars, try reading the English. Try even reading the English translations of it. Mm-hmm. Bro, you know your mind was just blown? I was reading the introduction by Imam Ghazali to one of his books. It took me like an hour to get through it. And by the end, my mind was just on another level. Yeah. He was talking about the attributes and the names of God. And dude, these people... <laughs> this, it's, well, you need to understand. Like, like seriously speaking, like these, these atheists that come in and they, they walk around and they act all posh. There are some atheists that are like, oh, I just don't care. Sam Harris. What? What? No, I was talking about... But okay, I will say that you know, I have a lot of friends that aren't religious, but they're just like, Oh, I don't care. They're not like outwardly atheists, which is really stupid to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But like for all those people, like do you think people who do you think people like Imam Ghazali and like do you think all these great scholars within our own tradition you think they were stupid? Do you think they were stupid? <laughs> like cause what are you implying is yes they are. No, like and you look at you look at the people like for example, Imam Shafari, right? He mem- he memorized like the whole, the whole Quran by the time he was like. Yeah. By the like way, we seven. do have some non-Muslim viewers, so like the the people that we're talking about. Yeah. Are... So these are like so Imam Shafri was like one of these scholars that came within uh, two generations after the actually more so within one generation right after the Prophet, um, and he I saw some and he when he is his stories like he when he by the time he was six right we have the Quran which is like six four hundred four pages. He by, memorized, by the like, way, we say we say Sallallahu after we mention. Uh, after we mentioned the prophet, it means uh, peace and prayers upon him. It's, it's a sign of respect. Right. Um, uh, and he memorized the entire Quran by the time he was like like six years old, something like that. And then it's about a lot of pages, which is about six hundred four pages uh, in 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 like a regular size book, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's not even the most impressive part, right? He came. <laughs> the most impressive part, like I think, comes after that when he wanted to study under his previous Imam, which is Imam Madik. Right? And all these people have founded schools of thought, which allow for jurisprudence matters to be interpreted. Uh, Imam Madik had a book called Muwatla, where it was a collection of all of his jurisprudence rulings. 
and their explanations behind them, right? He, Imam Shafi'i was very poor. He didn't have the money to buy this book, right? So what he had to do was he had to borrow the book. And the book is like much bigger than the Quran, right? He brought it from his friends. He memorized the whole thing in nine days. In nine days. And this kid, you know how old he was? He might have been like nine, eight, nine. Right? Like, y'all think you're smart, but like, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> like, please sit down. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's just, there's such, and we live, we live in an age of a lot of pseudo-intellectuality where people don't really know what intelligence looks like and we value rhetoric over intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think sure. some of the smartest people that we know, for example, you're talking about how Dr. Hadden makes you feel like a monkey every time. Yeah. I feel the same exact way. Yeah. I picked up one of his most recent books. It was called uh, God, The Gods of... Uh, the God of the Philosopher versus the, uh, the God of... It was a very recent book. I tried... I read... I think the, the first chapter might have been 15 pages. It was like big text too. Mm-hmm. Bro, I, it must have taken me like 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. And the thing is, the thing is, uh, like when he's writing and when any of these scholars are writing, they don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Like they don't just make random assertions. Like oh, every yeah. assertion that they make is like, I said this earlier and I said this earlier. Uh, this proves this proves that. But here's the thing, right? He's not something that's someone that's like a very social media popular scholar. On purpose. Oh yeah, and part on purpose, right? But he does have a social. He has a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? And he has a Facebook page. But he's not there to publicize, right? For him, this is the work that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people, you got to realize, are going to be unheard of. Mm-hmm. And you, I think, to a certain extent, it's your duty to find those people. Mm-hmm. And you can learn so much from them. They have yeah. so much knowledge and wisdom to give. I think he's one of the wisest people that I know. Yeah. Without, without. Yeah, Wait, without a doubt. He's Amer- like, Dude, he lives in like Edison, bro. He lives in Edison, and, and he's considered- he lives he lives in Highland Park or yeah. like that that area. Are you guys know right? Dude, imagine imagine uh, freaking uh, who's who's like one of the best like NBA coaches of all time. Popovich. All right, imagine he had a training camp like down the street. Which so you guys know know him. Like, like not don't know him like personally, right? Like, personally, but maybe not first name. He has business. classes that you can just go to. Just imagine imagine Popovich. Like the next town over, ten minute, ten minutes down. Now I'm not saying Sheikh Hatem is like the greatest living, but he's he's like up there in North America. I'm not talking about he's up there in North in New Jersey. He's up there in North America. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's recognizing uh, like local ta- talent and like for example, even with like BJJ. You go ahead, you could talk Gary about Gary Tonin. <laughs> Gary Tonin, dude. Okay, I've <laughs> given you my Gary Tonin spiel. I'm setting him up, bro. I can't yeah, even lay it, bro. By the way, by the way, by the way, yesterday, yesterday, if anyone uh, went on Twitter after the Khabib fight, one of the most vocal people that people were talking about yesterday was Dylan Dennis. I don't know if you guys know Dylan Dennis, but Dylan Dennis is in Bellator. He was talking a lot of crap on social media. Guess what? Gary Tonin has submitted Dylan Dennis, I'm pretty sure two or three times. And now this, so just to give you an idea of how big Gary Tonin is, he has... Who is Gary Tonin? Gary Tonin was uh, the one who, um, who was the trainer at Rutgers Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Club. And he also, well, that's how I was exposed to him originally, but also I kind of knew him beforehand because of his name. But he, he's the, uh, he's like the head coach trainer of uh, Brunswick Jiu-Jitsu. That says Jim, and he's like world talent, world talent. Yeah. And I'm talking about top world talent. I'm not talking about like he is to jujitsu as like think about like a top five NBA player, right? Something like that. No way. Maybe top five. 
Yeah, I mean, in uh, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, maybe not MMA, but in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, yeah, he might be like top five. But MMA, he's up and coming. But anyways, um, for uh, and he's right here. He used to teach classes at Rutgers. Like, how do there so many famous people right here? I don't know. And you know what? I told no, 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 no. Don't tell me you don't know about it because I was. He just said he's really good. Dude, are you kidding me? Every time I was going to tell me, he's like, dude, imagine Kobe Bryant was here teaching basketball. No, no, because uh, okay, so ADCC is like the biggest tournament in the world for no gi jujitsu. A gi is like the thing that you put on that has like no butter jujitsu. What? No butter. <laughs> no, you're gonna give him that. Thank you. Yeah, I did. I, I didn't give Arsha that one. My last one was butter. All right, but anyways, he placed number three in his weight class, and he's previously, I'm pretty sure, placed number one at the tournament. His tournament, which is like the world, like the biggest tournament, the biggest tournament. Everyone comes flies in, and you know, yeah. So, damn! If you told me that, I might have got some classes. Pretty sure I told you. You never told me it's like the. Call. All right. You just did it. <laughs> okay. Go here. Your point. Your point. Your point. Also, maybe there's a chance he watches this someday. Get him on. What? Get him on. My point. What was my point? No, first get him on, and then second your point. What was my point? You 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 said have I ever given my Gary Tonin spiel? Oh oh no no that, that was that I was it. setting Arsenal up to make that point which he took like ages to make. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think the point still stands. Is right. You have you have incredible talent in your area that you don't realize when you're stuck in this 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 age of pseudo intellectuality. Those people aren't really valued. The ones that are actually like productive, top talent, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's more so maybe this guy got that got submitted three times, yeah. right? Like he's someone that's seen as big, whereas Gary Tonin, who's beat him like a bunch of times, yeah. is is not as big. You can find those people to us, but if you go, dude, if you, if you mention Gary Tonin's name to else to someone like across the country, they'll know his name. And the same thing with Sheikh Hatem, actually. Yeah, is it's it's sad to see dude. that people <laughs> who live here. Now I, I will say myself that I I wish. Currently, and I still can take more advantage of Shikhatam being so close, but we take we take uh, we take him for granted a little bit. I've been on Discord servers like with people like from all over the world. Yeah. The amount of times that I see his name pop up, Shikhatam's name pop up in this Discord server, which yeah. has like two thousand people from like everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of like it made me realize, wow, yeah. it's not he's not just he's way beyond like what you expect exactly. him to be. Exactly. Um, I think going back to the earlier discussion, which we never finished, right about. Uh, about how philosophy I think we should talk about this right like do you think philosophy can have a real impact on your life like yes. like all this theorizing that we're doing like all this theorizing that I've come on here and I'm, I'm not sure if anyone's done this before on your podcast right do you think it's really beneficial uh, absolutely and you well your first question was does it have an impact on your life a thousand percent because my convictions in life and my main conviction is my religion is the groundwork for every decision mm-hmm. or should be the groundwork for every decision I make in my life. Yeah. The, your philosophy, um, your philosophy, you know, might not affect like these little micro actions that you do, like moving your hand here and there or whatever, but it'll, it'll affect the framework of you as a human being. Yeah. So I, I agree with that hundred percent. Right. I think, I think this, this, I want to try to tie this back to a discussion that we were having before. Right, I think I'm gonna say the point before I, I, I try to prove it, or I don't think I'm gonna to try to prove it. But I'm just gonna your say claim. State your claim. the claim is that I think I think with religion, right? If you really delve into religion and you try to believe it, uh, and 
I think that's the best way someone that's smart is dealing with depression can deal with that, right? Like, I think mm. that's that's like the only other answer. It's you, you, you have to work through another framework, a completely, like within a secular f- framework, adopting nihilism, meaning that nothing, nothing, nothing you do matters, right? You just kill yourself. I mean, that's what happened to Nietzsche, right? Yeah. Nietzsche is a famous philosopher. He's, uh, and he's basically what most nihilists are, are inspired by. He's also the one that said religion, uh, religion is, uh, is an opiate of the masses, I was gonna yeah. say right? That, yeah. that's, that's what Nietzsche is most famous for saying. I thought that was Karl Marx. Marx might have also said that, though. He's yeah. a similar idea. But Nietzsche kind of popularized it. But it was, I'm like, 90% sure. They, they had a no, similar he sentiment. He said God is right? dead. He said he was that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, but look at, look at how he died, though. Look at how he died, right? He saw a, heart, a horse being whipped, right? And he had a panic attack and he died, right? Because he couldn't, he couldn't bear the burden of seeing that animal suffer like that. Like, how is that possible? Right, because Marx, well, or sorry, Nietzsche, right? What did he have? He had a Christian God. He lived in a very Christian society, and he's like, obviously, that, that couldn't be true to him, right? Uh, and he thought about it. Okay, then he tried to approach things from a logical perspective. Is there meaning that exists outside of that, right? Outside of that Christian uh, perspective in a purely secular fashion? Is there truth that exists? He struggled with this a lot, right? Nietzsche is known for trying to find deductive proofs for God. Which I don't think exists, by the way. I don't think there is a deductive proof for God for the mm. existence of God. Mm. There are inductive proofs, right? We start off with the, with the assumption, right? You see cause and effect taking place. Therefore, you observe that so every miracles, cause is an effect. But like miracles are not deductive proofs. Uh, we can get into miracles. You know that's right? interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but in that case, right? And from a purely secular perspective, Nietzsche was never never able to find meaning. Like yeah. all that suffering that animal was going through was meaningless. That's why it caused him so much pain. He's like, oh, what, like, why is that horse going through that? He couldn't conceptualize or understand that. To him, that was the end to the horse. Yeah. But as Muslims, like, we believe that there's an afterlife, and the horse will get its justice, yeah. right? So, what, what? Animals do get justice. They yes. get justice, and then they wither away. Um, but, but to that point, right, outside of a religious perspective, everything can be deemed as meaningless. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thought experiment, right? Say I put you in a room, right? And in this room, I, I say... There's everything that can make you happy, make you give you pleasure, give you contentment, right? I was like, go in that room, right? And then in 10 minutes, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Does any of that pleasure really matter? Mm-hmm. No. No, right? I mean, it's, it's going to be meaningless in 10 minutes. Yeah. Even if you have that fun, if you have that pleasure, what does it matter? You're yeah, dead, exactly. right? If there's no afterlife, right? We're you're not going to have any memory of it. There's no memory of it that's going to exist, right? And it's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, So that's that's kind of... The secular framework that exists. And also, the that begs another question, which is sort of tangential, is is there, is, is there such thing as a good person who is non-religious? Now, the answer, basically what you were, because what you were saying before was that there's no meaning, or is it possible to find meaning outside of religion? And so people who are atheists nowadays, um, you ask them what moral guidelines they exist by, and they say that they still have some. And like a common thing is like, oh, just because just because we don't believe in God doesn't mean we don't believe in doing good to other people. But it's like, does that exist? Is there an, is there an objective sense of good without God? No, no. Ask ask any atheist. Ask ask any of those like any famous atheist that you know. Ask them if they can prove objective morality. They will stutter. They will fail every single time. Yeah. Right. It's it's Something impossible good. to do outside of like the precondition of of having right. Like the existence of objective morality is dependent 
or rather or contingent synonymous, right? On an objective third party. Someone that has knowledge of everything, that can understand implications, that are like first degree harms, second degree harms, right? Can see harms that are gonna take place 100 years later, right? That level of foresight. Tell me, does anyone have that? No, no one has that, right? Okay, what if we got a bunch of people, bend them together? You're still never going to have well, that. Not only that, even if, even if someone, like you can approach morality in the sense of like, um, that which avoids, uh, that which avoids harm, more or less harm. But then, let's say, for example, um, let's say, for example, you decide as a human being that what is good and what is not good is something like. Let's say you're an atheist and you decide what is good is that which, you know, takes away harm from other people. But if you believe at the end of the day that those people are also going to die and their lives are going to be meaningless, <laughs> exactly. then nothing yeah. that you do is meaningful. <laughs> so it's like, so a lot of I think what a lot of atheists and a lot of people that are are, are atheistic. Or, or what is it, agnostic, right? Yeah. What they try to do is they find they try to find meaning in family and friends, right? But even personal if you relations, yeah. you try yeah. to find meaning in your personal relationships, you're gonna die. <laughs> you're gonna die, and then what? You're gone, right? Even from your own frame, right? That's what you're like doing for your kids, y'all gonna die. They gonna die. Their kids, kids, they're gonna <laughs> die. So it's it's tough. I, I I don't like. I feel bad for them. Like almost like I I want to empathize with them. They're lying to themselves. You are. I, I and, 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 dude, everything that you do, I was thinking about this the other day. I was walking no, through the streets I, of... I just want to bring up another point. All right, I'm gonna, I totally don't believe in this, but I'm just going to bring it up for the sake of... Go ahead. Devil's advocate. Yeah. But, like, as you said, then it's kind of hard to find purpose without having a religious, like, backing, right? It's hard to find purpose in life. So it's then, not hard. It's impossible. It's impossible, right? So then wouldn't... So if someone else looking out into us, what would... Like, why... Would they not believe that religion? It's not that religion is like the truth. It's just that religion is necessary, and it can be something that's like. Are you asking what reason they have to not believe it? No. What like what? Like, you know how people say religion is just something that humans construct just so they can like cope with the idea of living. Okay. Right. What's the argument against that? Like, what what is the is there any is there any argument that says like religion is the truth? Like, I mean, so you're asking, believe? you're asking if oh, so. I think that question goes more into do you believe in a specific religion is true. Right, and then you would go into proofs of a specific religion no, no, versus just like believe in yeah. God, like in general, like believe in God. Um, believe in God. I think. Let me put it this way, right? Because I think it. remember what I said about logic earlier. Yeah. I don't. I don't really believe in logic, right? We have. We can't. Or I don't believe in logic in terms of finding conclusions, definitive mm -hmm. conclusions. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't use that as your sole crisis of uh, or your sole source of truth, right? Descartes, right? A uh, very a French philosopher, fourteenth or thirteenth, fourteenth century, right? What is what is he most famous for saying? Uh, I am therefore, something. So, I think. Yeah. I. I, uh, I think. Therefore, I am. Right. Uh, he's making an argument. Right. Where he's saying, no matter no matter what happens. Right. If if it's a simulation, simulation. I'm in a video game. I know that I exist, and I know that I'm not like an NPC character because I have the capability of thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And because my my capability of thinking, I'm not just some NPC. I have autonomy in a sense. I'm not an object in someone else's world. I'm a subject. Yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so. Why is that important, right? Because Descartes, what Descartes sought to do when he was trying to prove this, he was trying to prove the one thing that you cannot doubt at all. What is the one thing that you, for a fact, cannot doubt? Your own consciousness. Your own consciousness. Yeah. You cannot doubt that, right? You can doubt science, right? We did that earlier. We can doubt logic. You did that earlier, right? You, you can doubt mathematics. Descartes threw all of those things out. And after eliminating all those, those things, what is the one thing, thing that must remain true? Your own consciousness. Your own, your own consciousness. And, and it's through your intuitive experience. So... I think, in part, right, to answer that, uh, 
I've actually asked Dr. Hutton this exact question, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And he, and he explained it this way, right? He said, faith is a combination of, of two things. What we believe is known as the, the fitrah, right? Which is your, your innate inclinations towards God or propendicity towards good. I think everyone has those innate things, mm-hmm. right? And, and then second, it's combined with your experiences, like experiences that you have with God. Right. Yeah. Or uh, and then that helps you prove it. And those logical that logical proofs and everything that exists yeah. are are not requirements, but yeah. they're they're optional. They yeah, add for, they're additive. For some people there'll be requirements. For for some people they, they won't be able to get past like just believing for the sake of believing. And those proofs do exist for those people who require it. But here, let me say this, right? So whenever we're talking about like logical proofs for for religion, sometimes it's like a lot of times it's like things that will that will go over ninety percent of the population's head, ninety nine percent. And like he said, it's not required for a lot of people. So a lot of people don't need that uh, in order to believe. But here, let me like if you just want to talk about it on, on a human sense. So like shifting gears uh, a a little bit from this like very very theoretical sense to something that we know, or something that we we as humans understand deeply like whether you're whether you're like 500 iq or whether you're like 50 iq right you understand this deeply any person that you know think of the best person that you know uh think of think of someone you you love very dearly someone you have the utmost respect for someone exists that has interacted with them or that has seen them from a distance or something that has something bad to say about them because nobody in the world is a pure hero, right? Correct? Now, let me say this to my fellow human beings, to anyone watching the podcast. This is the Prophet wasallam, our Prophet. How is it? How can you comprehend that every person that has ever interacted with him, every person that has, every person that has witnessed him, that every person that has had any opportunity to interact with him says the highest praise of him? I mean, how is this? This is a yeah, including his enemies, including his enemies, yeah. including his enemies. This is someone. I mean, you think of someone who is like, who who lives currently, who is like, who is Gandhi. known by people. What? Take Gandhi, right? Gandhi. Well, also him, and then you you dig into him a little bit more, and you're like, oh, it's a weird. <laughs> this guy's yeah. like sleeping with his granddaughter, right? Yeah. Weird stuff. How is it? How is it that even to this day, nobody that knew him. And the people, you know what else? People have this outward, people have this outward uh, image of themselves that they like to carry. Yeah. Oftentimes what you'll see is they'll go back home. They'll go back home and they turn into monsters a little bit. Yeah. Maybe these don't turn into monsters, but maybe they're worse. I think that's a common thing. Yeah. You have to keep up. Our, right. Our prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You know, you know which people had some of the best praise to say about him? His wives. His wives. And I mean, okay, like we can talk about, and I think there's a place for all of these, these, you know, theoretical discussions, these philosophical discussions. But as a human, I mean, come on, that's got to mean something to you. That's got to mean something to you. You know what I'm saying? I think one of the biggest things to me was like, I think it's like, there's some things that are just like plainly obvious. It's like, (laughs) for example, I was, this is really funny because <laughs> I was playing COD like mm-hmm. a month ago. I was, I was I was on with Sajid and we were like this was like we we're like it was like maybe one thirty mm-hmm. like last game bro last game. <laughs> we're playing trios. We get filled with this uh, with this pastor guy. <laughs> His name's Pastor Austin, right? And he's streaming on Twitch. A real pastor? Uh, uh, real pastor? 
so interestingly, right? We start talking to him, um, and he's not. He does. Uh, we start talking. He's like, "Oh, do you believe in Trinity and whatnot?" He's yeah. like, "No, nah, don't believe in Trinity, right?" He's he's like, "I'm a Unitarian, which believes, which means that we don't believe in all that nonsense." So he's like, "Okay, interesting." And we don't into it much more. And the way he's describing it, it's like, it's like. Me and Sajid, like, I texted him in the middle. I was like, yo, this guy's, like, describing, like, Islam. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? And what he what he said was, like, listen, uh, he went away from religion after he tried to do, like, apologist work, meaning try to defend Christianity. Mm-hmm. And then after he, he, he lost his way there, uh, and then 20 years later, he started coming back. But his main objective was go back to the source, mm-hmm. meaning go back to the original text, the Aramaic text that exists, and try to get new, tra- like, translations from them and try to construct... Uh, okay, what's the probability that this actually is true or this was a part of the original text, right? Did this person actually talk to each other? Were they even the same lifetime? What do we know about this individual? Was he an honest person? Was he doing all of that, right? And and so he was trying to rediscover the religion by, you know, like almost tearing it down and stripping yeah. out everything else yeah. away. <laughs> what I told him was like, dude, in Islam, we've been doing that for 1,400 years, <laughs> right? Like that's like all of our works that we do, like Imam Bukhari, like... Yeah. And, and any shadow of a doubt, he saw someone like hitting his animal, beating his animal. He wouldn't go talk to him. He wouldn't try to get uh, religious knowledge from him, even mm-hmm. if, if there was. It might have been claimed that he had some words from the prophet. He's like, nah, I'm not interested, right? We we strip down everything else, and we, we try to get rid of all anything that might have a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um. And another, I think for me, what really kind of blew my mind is like, there's an ayat in the Quran. Is Quran it says, uh. Like we've made the Quran easy to remember, mm-hmm. right? And that's one thing that always fascinates me. It's like no matter no matter where you go, wherever they're Muslims, they're always like little kids memorizing the Quran. And not only that, they're memorizing the whole thing. Yeah. Like what other like what other? And the Quran is the Quran. That's it. It's just, it's just no matter where you go in the world, it's gonna be recited the same way, right? The exactly. same exact Quran is gonna be recited, and it's it's always blows my mind is that you have these little kids, no matter which country you go to, which continent. They're all there memorizing the Quran and they all find it so easy. I don't know. It's just something that always blew my mind. Yeah, it is. Right? Think about the size of the Quran. I explained it. Yeah, for, for like a little kid. <laughs> He's like yeah. seven or eight years old. Like the kids that are playing like watching YouTube videos are like five hours a day like over here in the US. Yeah. Right? But even then you find kids in the US that are still going yeah. there and memorizing the Quran. Think about the sheer size for a second. I mean, how many how many pages? 20 times 30, just about. Mm. 600, maybe a little more than 600, give or take. Depending on, depending on, but you know, like 20 lines per page. Answer your question directly, Zubair, though, right? I think all of those things, it helps you direct, uh, helps you determine a more correct religion, right? But then ultimately, for you, this was, what, or this is what I was trying to show, right? For you to have a strong belief in God, from there, you go, go the route that Descartes took, throw everything else out of the water, and then use, from there, you use your intuitive experience. Mm-hmm. So you develop an intuitive experience with God, which then helps you understand who god is yeah right and that that is i think the only way and i think that's the best way right, right. so you you have that direct firsthand experience not something like don't get me wrong the stuff that you read in books is great yeah. right but if you practice that and then it's a certain understanding that you just arrive to yeah right knowing something and understanding it's two completely different things right you might know yeah. that, that that the god god is like yeah. one certain way right. but when you understand it by experiencing yeah. it it's a completely different feeling. I mean, you understand this, like, even when you're doing, like, math, right? Like, I know something is the case, but then when I understand how to use it and how it actually works, then it's like, whoa, just yeah. like a light bulb that pops you, up. You, you need I, that understanding through the firsthand intuitive experience. You need to drill it. 
you need to drill it like yeah. uh, the way um like you ever you ever go online and like you're like oh how to do a certain move in jujitsu or how to do a certain layup you're like oh i know how to do this no you don't <laughs> no you don't <laughs> you know how to do it like you know you, you know the steps you know, you the, know steps. the steps but then when you're in a real match, that shows who really understands it. Yeah. Right? Like Gary Toner understands those moves. Khabib yeah, exactly. understands those moves. Exactly. Right? And how to use them. Yeah. Right? But everyone else might know them too. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's, 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 you need to understand that. Uh, and that takes time. And it's, and it's difficult in the beginning, but you need to put reps just like you would do for jiu-jitsu. Exactly. Right? You, would, you, go to, you hit the mats multiple times. You build some mats in your basement. Right? And then from there, you just keep on going and you keep on training. Yeah. Right? It's the same exact idea. Yeah. I saw I saw this thing. Um, I think I sent it to you. There was this there was this TikTok, um, and the guy was like was saying like um, the best con- content creators don't spend like a, a crazy amount of time on any one thing that they're doing. Like if they're putting out like a bunch of episodes, they won't be so caught up over making one episode perfect because the answer to their problems of how to make good content is not making each one perfect it's just cranking them out you know making them good you're not just like crapping out on a piece of paper you know what i mean or you know just uploading a raw file but you try a little (laughs) bit (laughs) try a little bit you're like oh this is good enough send it you know what i mean and you got to do i think that's just life that's just life in general but i think understanding these things i I think for some reason i just feel like people aren't told us Mm -hmm. yeah like it's just not something that we weren't taught this in any way. No, you're you're you're, you're not taught of, this anywhere, bro. Like it's just we went to a religious school. You would think that they'd try to hint at it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think this is both a religious and potentially a secular idea that like any school could have thought. I mean, it's something that you. It's uh, okay. so this this goes back. I think I want to go. I want to take this back to our other question, right? So like, I really do think that exploring these ideas gonna have a real impact on your lives yeah. right like i think to a certain extent you have like an obligation to someone explore these ideas yeah. like when i was walking and like i was walking in philly the other day in philly, in philly. dude philly sucks philly's an interesting place but don't they have like the lantern things everywhere now they all suck they're all idiots man they burn down the whole fucking city <laughs> they can all you ever you hear that the Bird Bird <laughs> <laughs> dude that was so freaking good bro. Uh, i tried I, showing him the other day the he didn't find it funny and, uh, oh yeah, we, we watched like the first minute. You also need to understand the context of that. It was like every comedian that was going before him was also yeah. bombing. And the, all the audience was booing and no one was doing well. Yeah. So like the audience was like, they were like all on top of like this. Yeah. And then finally also, someone came. Philly people. So to yeah. them, no one can do well. So from Philly. Philly is a crazy scene. Anyway, but like I was thinking about it. It's like I had this weird existential feeling. Existential feeling, right? <laughs> existential feeling that I was walking through like the city. I don't know why, but like this, like something hit me, and I was like, like none of this matters. Like, like what everyone's doing, like they're <laughs> all walking around going, dude, they're all walking around their lives, and like that's like you, nothing you're doing is important. <laughs> like, exactly. like ah, uh, it was just, but it is at the same time. Not really though. Like nothing is, but everything is consequential in your own uh, experience through your own eyes because so, your universe like, is through your eyes. No, like, do you ever like? No, me? think about. I was, here's the way I was thinking about it. it was like, I, I was thinking about it in the sense like. How much time do we spend trying to suppress like the innate feelings that we have, whether it's emotions? Who's or- the girl, bro? Who's the girl? <laughs> He's definitely, I'm definitely say that. Who's the girl? He's definitely bro? like. <laughs> but you no, but, uh, bro. 
It, whether it's like, whether it's like, tell her, bro. It's sad, dude. Yeah, you just gotta come out and be like, listen, say her name. Call me, eh? But it's whether it's sadness or like you're you're feeling upset. Like, what is your initial? Just think about this when you're experiencing sadness the next time. What do you immediately reach to? Are you just are you trying to pick up a controller, like play League for? Or you don't play League with a controller. Right, or you're trying to play COD, or you're trying to play League on your keyboard, so right, for like three like, hours, right? <laughs> you say play COD with your keyboard? Uh, oh. Yeah, I play COD with just the keyboard, actually. You said but, with the controller, but, yeah, but even like even something like music, right? Um, uh-huh. and, and to a certain extent, I think people can do this with Quran too, right? Um, it's like you use the sounds of the Quran or the sounds of music to drown out your own thoughts. Yeah, you want to stop feeling. When in fact, in that moment, what you exactly should be doing is feeling everything to the complete fullest. Like, ac- acknowledge what you're feeling because there's some value in there. Your intuition, or your, your consciousness, your subconscious, so something is trying to tell you something. Yeah. And you're just trying to deny it. Yeah. Right? You're, you're like, using anesthetics. You're running away from yourself. Well, something, yeah, someone told me this. Like, you feel sad for a reason. Like, it's an evolutionary thing for you. Uh, Daniel, Daniel said that on... Yeah, uh, yeah. He said, he said there's a reason you're feeling sad, so do justice by it. Yeah. That's and beautifully then, said. No, like... <laughs> that's not what he said. That's actually what I said. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the phrasing was me. The concept is there. Like, it, we as humans feel things for reasons, right? Exactly. Like, it's not, we don't feel them just so we can go listen to music or go play League or whatever. Like... There's some. There's probably some broader issues going on in your life. Yeah. <laughs> you might be, maybe should you know think about. It. You should try to figure them out. Exactly. Right. Point like something. it's it's your body or your your mind, your consciousness communicating with you. So listen to it. Right. Yeah. Trust your intuitive conscious experience. I, I have I have a friend, uh, a friend who's who's very dear to me. Uh, this person. When they feel a certain way, just go to sleep. Stay awake. I wish you could do that. I used to. I I, I used to do that a lot. How do you fall asleep? Wait, like feeling depressed and stuff. Like if I, I, dude, if I used to be sad, I used to just go to my bed and knock out. Like if I didn't want to feel something, I would just go and go to sleep. Sleep in that state. I I actually, I'm recently, I've not been able to do that. Like for the first time in my whole life, I've felt the feeling of like insomnia and like my 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 thoughts being in my head. Yeah. But I think I want that though. Yeah, you, you, got, it's, it's, you stay awake, stay awake because you know what? You're gonna keep if you keep going to sleep, then you're gonna keep going to sleep until until one day you just decide that. What is your life then? You know, like you what? Really look, look back. You're gonna look back thinking like I've just suppressed all of that, and maybe one day you come to that conclusion. Like finally, you want to face reality. Like mm-hmm. you're just delaying your problems and making them worse, right? And it's like a snowball that just piles up, piles up bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. As it's coming down the mountainside, you know, you and then one day it's gonna hit you, right? You and, like, yeah. and and one day it hits you, and then that could destroy you, really, right? And, and or it could make you, right? And you want to hit it, you want you want it to hit you earlier, but everything that we do, uh, or a good amount of things that we do, for example, like I think like YouTube, right? YouTube, social media. This was part of why I left it because it really influences you in that way. It's mm-hmm. it's just an anesthetic, mm-hmm. right? And the feedback loops that exist that have been engineered. Like I haven't watched this thing that came out on Netflix, but the social, social dilemma. dilemma. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to one of my friends about it on on Thursday, yeah. right? And it's 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 exactly that. Yeah. So, stop trying to run away from your life. Just live it. 
Just like, be it. the hero of your own story. That's that's what you want to be. Absolutely. If there was a movie, like, there's a camera crew following you around, like, what would you do today? Absolutely. Like, that's what you want to wake up thinking, right? Grab it by the... Uh, <laughs> yes. Grab it by the... Horns. <laughs> oh, good one. Good save. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Grab it by the horns. That's the same. That's yeah. not the same. Grab that's... the bull by the horns. Okay, that's but literally the same. It's not what I, it's. It's not alliteration. First of all, yeah, alliteration is the right way to say it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you need the alliteration. Grab the bull by the. Oh. That's Delphi. That's Delphi. Not the same. Yeah, you grab life by the. Horns. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, listen. I, I think we've we've spent a good deal of time talking about some you know some very deep ideas. I think these were this very useful for people to hear and listen to. And I think I think people like should definitely listen to that. I'm glad we had that conversation. Let's have some goofs and gaps. Yeah, I was about or, to say, okay, Omar, what's your most embarrassing story? Let's have Wait, no, hold on. I want to go like just one more thing. All right, go ahead. Right, like I want to demonstrate, like for example, how these philosophical concepts, like what we talked about, like predestination, all of that, like free will, uh-huh. understanding that. How how can you apply that to your life? Because like, we talked about that, may as well give them a couple ways to apply that. So in part, it's like the way I think people have a very deterministic way, like a solely deterministic, meaning that whatever's going to happen is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And like whether it's like five years down the line, it's just it's going to take place in a magical way. Mm-hmm. But if you if you buy the twin twin trains uh, twin trains, it's a little bit of twin twin. Twi- buy the what? The the twin trains theory, oh. right? Or or the two testing that we went yeah. through, right? Then you know that your your will. Is in accordance with with yeah. God's plan yeah. or or the preset pull shot, right? Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, yeah. right? Yeah. So you need to live your life, right? In order for that, to, it, it's going to take place synchronously. Yeah, exactly. Right, and this connects back to what we were just talking about. Those two, you need to go forth knowing that what you're going to do is going to be part of God's plan, and you look for guidance in that. You do, and Muslims, we believe we have a certain prayer that we do called istikhara. And after that, you get very clear signs, whether it's like determination. But here's another thing, right? It's very hard to attribute things as to why things took place. Like, I think absent of istikhara, right? Which is a prayer that we make asking for signs specifically. Because, right, exactly the idea of the God having the, the, the 3D completely encompassing view, and then we have a very narrow view, right? You think things happen for a reason, I can, we can go into why cause and effect doesn't exist, but I think that's going to get a little too <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> but, but How does cause and effect not exist? And you're talking about the pool ball theory the entire time. Cause and effect doesn't exist like uh, in the way that we imagine. Well, let's continue on the previous thought. Right. It's not... Things don't cause each other. God causes everything. TLDR. Right? We can go... I can talk to you more about this later. That's a nice little something. Yeah, we can, <laughs> I continue. But... That, that's how, like, that's a practical way to apply this to your life. Yeah. It's like you, this philosophy, right, which seems really complex and unreasonable and just, why would you do that in the first place? Mm-hmm. Well, this is why you do it, yeah. right? It gives you guidance and it gives you an idea and some conviction and motivation to go forth in life. Right. So, yeah, but let's go out to some goofs and gaffs. Go ahead. That was good, though. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And that was a necessary ending to that. Uh, my mind is still blown. That was a necessary <laughs> cap. Dude, I wish yeah. I'd done the, the, the cause and effect thing. That would blow your mind even more. <laughs> we do it after. We need to go yeah. Stuff, but yeah. Anyways, some goofs and gaffs. We'll have some uh, Jamie pull that ups. But, no, um, no we, got, we, we can do without the pull that up. Mar, what's your most amazing story? I know stuff from NUI, so don't hold back. <laughs> I'm curious now. What do you know? <laughs> no, I just, I have nothing. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Calling your bluff. Do I don't know. Anything? You want to? You want to let? Do that, I feel like embarrassed? I know, I know you want to let that marinate yeah, for a little bit? I know the guys in my grade had a lot of issues 
and stuff they did when they were seniors. What about your senior class? They were. It was like our, our class was somewhat partitioned. And, 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 the names. Was, our, our class was. All specific names. Or this our class was partitioned, and the group that I was part of. Don't say the good guys. No, I, I'm I'm glad I was with them. Right. Who were the good guys? Why was your class partitioned? Was it every class partition? No, it was kind of like I think oh, to a I certain see. extent there were some like you know social groups that arise. Yeah. And it's, oh, oh, I thought you meant on purpose done by the administration. No, no. Oh, no, that was also a thing. Like for example, dude, me and Sajid were kept apart for like a good amount of years. Yo, I've always wondered that. Does anyone do that? On it does. They did. You a teacher know. told me that. Yep. No, really. She confirmed it. She's like, yep. For like for these many years, you've kept you and Sajid apart because of the fact that you guys are two troublemakers when you're put together. <laughs> I think I'm like, no, I'm sure if they did it for us, they definitely did it for I someone. I haven't been with a lot of my friends for a long time, and I was just like, why does this always happen? Because when you're with them, you cause a lot of troubles. That's exactly why. Especially in like middle school. Uh huh. Like this is before you have. By the way, mics over there. So move it if you want to. If you want to move to a different place, move the mic. This over. is before. Okay, this is before you have cars or anything. Your social life is determined by two things, snack time and recess. <laughs> and if you do not have the same class as your friends, you are hard L. And I was always like, my my life is terrible. Why am I in this class? There's no one here. Like, I remember me and Kareem were, in the, were t- together in third grade. Uh-huh. Never again until eighth grade. And I was just like, what the hell happened? Were you and Kareem like a bad duo? Like, what's going on? You guys naughty together? I think we were chilling, but like apparently the teachers did not like us. Me, Kitty, me, Noor. I don't think me and Noor. Noor Sayed? Yeah, I don't think me. Oh, dude, I found a picture of you and Noor Sayed. My sister was looking through a yearbook earlier and I, I found a picture of you. Oh, my, where's my phone? It's I'll pull it up later. It's, okay. Is it embarrassing? Do you have a story? Do you have a story? Uh, an embarrassing story? I don't know. I, just, I, don't, yeah, so what I don't know if I part, feel embarrassed. You were part of the non good group. I kind of did like my own thing, right? Goddamn. <laughs> High school was like, I think I was, I was, I was somewhat part of a lot of groups. But like my core group was always there, um, and those are the guys that like I think I still like stick with uh-huh. uh, today, uh-huh. right? So how do I say this? Was I really embarrassed by anything? <laughs> There's a lot of. Don't you know nothing? Shut up! I don't know. Like every single person gone through high school with at least one embarrassing moment, and that's a huge understatement. All right. Like, okay. Okay. You guys, you guys want a good story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. All right, this is a this is a story about how my head of school wanted to expel me. Really? <laughs> or no, no. Basically, well, it was for real, for real. Don't get basic. I want the whole thing. It would have been a suspension, but that would have been my second expansion, a uh, suspension, and it would have been my senior year. So, like, I would probably a lot of my college ambitions would have gotten rescinded. Uh, oh so, <laughs> what was your first suspension? <laughs> What's your first suspension? Let's get to that, and then you can do your second suspension. What was uh, your first one? I, I punched someone. <laughs> apparently it was really hard and um on purpose huh were they like play fighting or like on purpose oh i don't know what i was thinking what they do they really didn't do anything honestly that, who that, was the girl no uh he was he was two grades younger than me <laughs> yeah that's my grade yeah <laughs> no 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 sorry he was one grade younger than me oh, yeah, that's my yeah. grade no, who did he punch I'm not gonna say names. <laughs> Why? Maybe, maybe he punched our most avid viewer of the podcast. It was not. No, but it is someone you know. I'll tell you. I'll tell you afterwards. We're talking about this after. Bilal said. So, huh? Did he punch Bilal? No, but okay. I think there are two incidents where I punched someone. 
One of them was one of them was somewhat warranted, but this one was just it was dumb. I don't know why I did it. I think I was just angry that day. It was the surprise. It was the girl. It was the, the surprise. <laughs> yes. Actually, did you, punch, did you knock him out? Uh, I like straight got punched him, and then apparently he was like got or fi- like got like okay. like he was walking up like he was behind me. He was right behind me. That liver shot. And then I kind of just turned and like it twisted like in like that. Uh, okay, what was the reason? There was no good reason, bro. I I've been thinking. I thought about this forever. I have no good reason for why I did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you're just walking down the hall. I think I was just mad that day. I don't know what it was. I am more. <laughs> I used to be very mad, by the way. Like, I've I think I've learned healthier ways to deal with my anger. But like, my the story, the memories. Let's, let's go back to first grade, right? The memory that I have of first grade. And this was when I first grade is when I moved from California to Jersey, and that's that's probably when I haven't like fully fit in yet, and. I haven't grown a social circle. I think that's probably why I was, why I was angry initially. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was angry after that. I have no friends. <laughs> to like, <laughs> but uh, what happened? The mo- my most vivid memory mm-hmm. was the fact that I took a block during uh, like this one of those indoor recesses from a kid. I ripped it out of his hand, and the kid was like, "He wanted it back or something." And then I took it and I threw it at his face. <laughs> what the hell is wrong? But then <laughs> the most vivid memory comes from the fact that after that, my teacher made me apologize to him. I did not want to apologize to this guy. <laughs> That's why I such I have such strong emotion behind that memory. The second memory comes from one of my friends. And uh in first grade. In first grade. He told me <laughs> This is what he remembers of me in first grade. Uh, this is so one telling. Um this was like a lunchtime. And what happened was this is all that I did, right? Right once the bell rang, walked over to the bookshelf, mm-hmm. picked out a book, walked back to my seat, slammed the book down. I opened it gotta- for the next 30 minutes just angrily just reading <laughs> bell, bell rings and that was the whole recess <laughs> there was like I, I was just angry I was on something else back then wait is this a continuous thing or just one day I think dude those are like separate days I think I think it's <coughs> I was an like angsty like adolescent not even a teenager bro I was yeah just- how is he going to puberty <laughs> I was just angry and I was I think part of it was like pers- my personality I'm like very I think anyone that knows me, though, <laughs> has an idea of me, knows that I can get mad, like, very quickly. Yeah, but I love book Toad. book Frog and Toad. Yeah. <laughs> frog and Toad! Frog and Toad! Go with this frickin' house! Why are they sharing books That would have been me, basically, right? So that's my first suspension, okay? Not in first grade. That was that, that was in tenth grade. Okay. I think you I punch- got suspended in middle school too. I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, I, so you punched? I would have been there. I didn't hear of this. I don't know why. But I hope they kept it quiet. I'm thankful for that. I appreciate. Uh, if you're listening, bro, I I'm sorry. So like I did. There's <laughs> when you punched this kid. How old were you? I was uh, I was in tenth grade. I don't know what oh. age that is, but so you're so like a full no conscious reason, human being. So for no reason, you just punched him. Yeah. No. no. Yeah, and okay. and then he was like throwing up in like the bathroom for like forty five minutes. Oh my god! And then I felt bad after that, but then. Did you tell the teacher? Huh? Did you tell the teacher? Why did you? He didn't tell the well, teacher. What happened was like, he went home that day, and then his mom got worried. He's like, "This this kid's like not well. What's going on?" Right? And when his mom found out, she called like the head of school, Dude, that and was then. Dick, man. <laughs> Yo, can you stop saying things that we need to bleep out? <laughs> That's not bleeping. Yes, anyway, anyway, so then then they called me and they're like, "Why you did it?" And I was like, "I don't know." I. I and then, yeah, he's, he's what the head of school told me. She's like, dude, <laughs> dude, here's what happened, right? The head of school called me in. She's like, Amar. She had a picture of Harry Houdini pulled up. 
Wait, who did? Like, uh, Harry Houdini. Like, no, Harry, no, who had the picture? The head of school. I was called yeah. in after like, lunch the next uh, day to talk to. Uh, she had a picture of after Harry. After you punched the person. Okay. This is the day after I punched the person. Yeah. Right. She's like, Amar, you know where Harry Houdini is? Where is, is this is? going? <laughs> oh, I know I should <laughs> have. <laughs> She's like, Yo. Harry Houdini. He died. <laughs> because he got punched in the gut <laughs> six times. <laughs> <laughs> the whole story, for those of you that don't know, Harry Houdini, right? Uh, he's known for being like exceptionally tough. And some guys like, listen, you're not that tough. I could punch you, and and you're gonna like, I'll, I'll take you out, right? <laughs> but Harry Houdini, like, he wasn't given a moment to prepare. Bro, were you holding that laughter when she said that to you? That's no, I was just, story. I was, dude, I was like, I've, I had a lot of regret that day. She's like, Harry Houdini died. This, you could have killed him. Do you know that? He could have died. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I'm like this 10th grader I was like holy crap what do I do <laughs> bro I, I went to the bathroom after that for like assault. I was having a crisis there mm-hmm. um, but that was my the story of my first suspension mm-hmm. and then okay story of my second almost suspension after okay so after 10th grade well you said you punched a guy tw- two, you punched two people what was the oh the other the other time was in middle school and this was at (laughs) this was like uh i know this was somewhat warranted but probably not really (laughs) like i didn't need to go that far i think this uh fight like no it wasn't even a fight like literally i just popped a kid in the face and then like i think it broke his nose (laughs) you you were angry at him he was angry why why why? Uh, he like we were at (laughs) this is so inappropriate (laughs) i was i was inappropriate in the sense like i should it was ridiculous for me to do that to someone who was like kind of close with, yeah. like we were actually your friends. Age? Is it your age? He was one year younger than me, and he was. I don't want to have I have kids with kids yet. One year younger than me. <laughs> but we were at a we were at I was at a house party. Um, it was me, this kid who was one year younger than me, his younger brother, and my younger brother. Well, say it. <laughs> Wait, his younger brother's. Is there, is there, if you can make the connection, just shut up. <laughs> I can't. I okay, okay, thank God. Uh, but well, say this guy said something to my brother. I don't know why, but in that moment, I just got so mad. I just like literally, I popped him one right in the face, and then his nose was bleeding for like the next day, and then for like the next week, I used to see him in school. He'd be like, "Bro, my, my nose is still hurting." I was like, "Don't tell your mom." Shut <laughs> <laughs> up! Well, you don't tell your mom because <laughs> we're family friends. Our parents were close at the time. <laughs> I want to hear the sto- the the second uh, second suspension. Okay, yeah, no, Zuri's. I want to filter in. Full story, man. Okay, so right. he has an angel. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's basic conclusion, guys. I have anger problems. Avoid me. <laughs> Don't stand behind him. Or <laughs> Need to be to my side. Yeah. Um, but okay. So what happened was, this 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 story's a little complicated, and it goes in a couple of different directions. So sure. try to follow along. And if I get like confused and start mumbling or rambling, yeah. let me know. So senior year was my year. It was like, I think at this point, like I had, I knew enough staff and knew enough kids in both like middle school. Mm-hmm. And in high school, or like, I had a decent amount of like social rep, okay. right? Kids, like, yeah. so like, if I wanted to, like, so senior year, I was like, listen, I never did school council in my life. <laughs> this year, I want to be school co- student council president. Right? Oh my god! Right? So like, administration shit was not happening. So there's there's a Donald there, Trump. There's a there's a teacher. Literally Donald Trump. There's a teacher that ran uh, the the student council thing, um, and but before I kind of went through like this was before the formal process started. I was, I was like pre-campaigning almost. So I was like, I was going to kids in every grade. I was like, listen, you know, I'm about to run. You got to gotta take care of your class for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. This, this is your responsibility. And I, I knew some of these kids really well because I did Boy Scouts with them. So like. He's uh, making the goddamn mafia. <laughs> <and everyone laughs> Literally, that's, I had, imagine like if you take kids out into the middle of the woods at night, like you develop. This bonds, yeah, yeah. Bonds, right? I was a kid too back then, right? 
<laughs> that sounded really weird, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's a, yeah, if you take kids into the woods, you develop certain bonds with them. That's. Yeah. I need to clarify. I was also a kid at that time. <laughs> okay. I mean, still so, <laughs> anyway, um, so like, uh, and good thing about Boy Scouts is you have kids in every grade. Yeah. So like, I had kids in every single grade that I could have been like, listen, I need you to talk to your class, convince, convince all the guys. And dude, I had a good amount of guys. Like, the, I had the middle school down. Yeah. Middle school was like set. Uh, okay, high school. Everybody votes. Yeah, like every like middle school through high school, and then so middle school. Girls too, because generally the girls and the guys do not agree on. I I told them I was like, listen, you got to take other girls. They're like, we can get like a good amount. They're only like a majority, right? So like, uh, are not even right because it's it's fragmented even more with student council elections. It's not a binary thing, right? There's like forty students per grade, so it's not even that much. So like, even if I had the guys, I would have been good, right? So I had most of the guys that definitely, and maybe some of the girls. I don't know. Right, and then moving into high school, might have gone a little more iffy. Some grades I was better with, some grades I was a little worse with. Was our grade supportive? I think they would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to think that at least. So I think. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I have this, this. This I'm garnering. Right, I'm. I'm going this grassroots method. I'm gathering the troops. Right, right, raising everyone's spirits. And then I told it. I told this to the the lady that was uh, the advisor, right? the teacher that was the advisor. I was like, listen, I'm going to be student council president this year. Right. <laughs> I don't think she liked me in general, <laughs> just on a broader note. Uh, but she's like, no, that's not happening. I was like, I was like, no. I, and I, I thought she was saying that as like, she didn't think that was going to happen. Uh-huh. But what she meant was like, she no, like that, that, that is not going to happen. Right. So <laughs> sometimes I, so I, I kept going and I, and I used this to generate more steam. I was like, listen, she's saying that we can't do it. That's exactly what we're going to do. I was like, I was like, listen, I don't care after if you guys have to write my name in, you will write my name in, right? So I, and I, I was like, troops are riled up. Then uh, who's your VP? I don't, I don't have a VP. I don't, you, don't, you don't. You don't. Oh yeah, it's doing house weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then so one day, I, and she's catching wind of this. Like she knows that I'm generating a little bit of force. Uh, so I think one day I told her, and she's like, listen, you just need to talk to the, to the head of high school. Right, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Who right? said that? The, the the advisor. Okay. Right. So I was like, "You need to talk to the head of high school." <laughs> so, I went and I, I talked to the, the the head of high school. I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And she's like, <laughs> "She kind of ripped me to shreds." And I'll tell you why. Right. There's something else that took place before this. That that is the motivation behind this. I was uh, <laughs> I was on the high school newspaper. <laughs> Like this I don't know why the high school newspaper. Yeah, I was on the I team as a writer. On a newspaper, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the team, and I was encouraged by you know some people that were administrators and staff. They're like, you know, Omar, you should really go into this. I really want you to do this, right? Go ahead and do this. Um, I wasn't all that motivated to be honest with you, right? Uh-huh. But I did it for them anyway, okay. right? Because I, I appreciated those people, and I was like, listen, if you want me to do this, I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Um, and me and one other individual who will not be named. Ran this this op-ed column, right? Right? It's this op-ed column they used to run, and (laughs) we were both in debate. So what we used to do is for the op-ed column every single month, we just choose a debate topic, and then from there we would we would take (laughs) 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 we we would (laughs) we would take the op-ed column. We take a debate topic and, and create our responses based off the debate stuff that we had to do anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, but I was that wasn't lazy enough for me, right? I took it one step further. For debate, we used to do this thing, we used to get briefs, right? Meaning that there used to be a bunch of like college students that used to research on the topic and they used to write up briefs that were like 300 pages long and you would get debate ideas in terms of like what topics, what points you want to argue, et cetera, et cetera. What I did was for this one op-ed column, I copied and pasted straight from the brief. You got <laughs> Right? But this was a paid brief. 
like it's not oh. it's not publicly available right oh, no. <laughs> so like like if you like you can't find it if you search it up on google right you need to have access to it yeah. so i was like i'm gonna be good i'm chilling Right. Yeah, no one's gonna look it up. <laughs> so then after that, the, the person who was in charge who <laughs> was is in my grade at the time, right? She she comes up to me one day in the hallway and she's like, Amar, I was looking at your op ed thing and she's she's like the editor. She's like, uh she's like, This is from like the brief. And I was like, There's like no point in lying to her, right? I was like, Yeah, it kinda it is, right? It is the brief. I was like, I was like, yeah, it kind of is. I kind of like did some ideas and you know, paraphrasing a little bit, yeah. whatever, not some yada yada yada, right? <laughs> she telling you. So when I got called in, right, going back to this this whole election thing, uh-huh. right, the head of high school was talking about that. She was like, you copied and pasted on this high school brief, like from this high school brief to the high school newspaper. Do you know what a violation of academic integrity is? That's BS. <laughs> She's like, and then she took it one step further. She's like. Listen, I was on the National Honor Society. She pulled up, <laughs> I don't know what she had, she had to think for this. She pulled up like the statement of the National Honor Society. <laughs> she's like, she's like, National Honor Society is an association of students with honor she and a, integrity. That, she's she, like, Amor, is that an act of integrity? Every, every, <laughs> every NUI, every NUI uh, staff has two tabs open at all times. A picture of Harry <laughs> Houdini <laughs> and a picture of... <laughs> <laughs> And they flip in between them. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like, have you seen this before? She's like, wait, not that one. <laughs> like, wrong time, wrong time. She's like, just the end. <laughs> so that's it, just because of that. Just because of that, she's like, you cannot run for student council president because I don't think you're a person of integrity, of honesty. I don't think you're genuine. You told her to half off. Didn't you? <laughs> and then she took it one step further. She was like, "If it were up to me, I would suspend you." <laughs> For what? But the thing was, so here's the beauty of it all, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is how it magically worked out for me. Alhamdulillah, right? I became really close in, after like 12th grade, uh, after 10th grade, when I got suspended, uh-huh. I got really close with the principal, who was one level above. The irony. The head of high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, and we were we were pretty tight, and we were good friends. Yeah. And uh, so, so, but it was really interesting was the fact that the the principal was also the advisor to the newspaper. (laughs) So when she found out about the newspaper, the first person that found out was the principal of the school. But the principal of the school was my friend. So one, (laughs) I'm just going to move this mic just a little bit this way. Yeah, go. One, One thing. So she called me in uh, one morning randomly after like this girl talked to me Uh and like, did you copy from the brief? She called me in like a little bit after that, and she's and this was like eight thirty in the morning. I was like, "Hey, what's going on? Maybe she wants to hang out, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, Who the head of high school? Head of high school. She's okay. like, "Amar, did you do this thing?" And then I was like, "Yeah, I did, right?" Like, mm-hmm. uh, and then she's like, "Listen, wait, Amar, do what thing? Did you copy, 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 oh, okay, paste yeah, the brief yeah, yeah. to the newspaper?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I did, right?" I was like, "I don't want to lie, yeah. uh, especially because I also respected her, right?" Uh-huh. She's like, "Listen, Amar, I, I don't believe punishment is going to help you." <laughs> You're too funny. I, think you I, should, I love you. Oh my god. I think you should live <laughs> in your own demon. She's like, I, I think you should take this as a lesson for yourself. And honestly, that kind of changed my life for like the next three, four years, and then something oh, so happened in college. From it. I did learn from it. Yeah, like I oh, like. So you did learn? No, no. But but she was like, she suppressed it. The head of high school found out three weeks later. Yeah. That one of her students had copied and pasted on the, on the newspaper. So now this was a politics thing that I was getting involved too. 
Because the oh, principal, the principal, the principal well, should have told the head of high school, but she didn't. But at the end of the day, it's the principal's decision. Yeah, at the end of the day, no. But not only that, if I want, I was going to be suspended. That would have been the principal needed would need to agree to that. Yeah. Like she could override that decision. Yeah. So she made that decision without consulting the head of high school, and she was also like, I, I, I theorized that she was also upset about that. Well, she made what decision? She made the decision Wait, just you, to let me you, go. You, 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 I think he's missing the point. No, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, you got okay because the place is very political, right? Like everyone, everyone knows at this point. Basically, Omar's good friends with the principal. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I got that part. I got. Wait, that. so you didn't run at the end? I wasn't able to run because I think. Huh? No, they did electronic ballots, so there's multiple choice, and there was no other option. Stop yelling my goddamn ear! I did. I'm yelling into this mic. I'm destroying this. You're not in my ear. What? So then, so then, so they had electronic ballots, so they couldn't write in other option. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So. That's why I wasn't president my senior year That's of high school. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Damn. that would have been the stuff of legend if you got elected anyway. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Look, listen, bigger scheme of things, you I think it all worked out. But yeah, that was, that's like one of the craziest things I think that happened to me in high school. That is a pretty, that is a pretty good story. Damn, crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah. How long have you been going on for? A while, yo. But uh, that was pretty good. What else? What else do we want to talk about? Okay, I don't know. I wanted to say that like NHS is a stupid thing. Oh, yeah, it's it straight. I'm just gonna rant about that real quick. You know, not a single guy I like. Not a single straight guy. I can't say that. <laughs> not, not a single. Not a single. None of. <laughs> not a single cis male male like cis, go, cis white male. Go, no. Go. Not a single non-teacher's pet guy got into NHS from our school, which is so stupid because the person who ran NHS... Yeah, but he was in NHS. Yeah, in my school. I was no, I got kicked out of NHS, bro. Oh, yeah. For that. Yeah, for, for, for the newspaper thing. <laughs> I didn't get to run, and I got kicked out of NHS, but the, the, the thing that waited out, I guess, is that I didn't get suspended. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, but the thing is, no non-teacher's pet guy got into NHS are... See, like in our high school, which is so stupid because we had like the smartest of the smartest. My, my friend literally had like a thousand hours spent volunteering. Oh, wait, you, oh, you're talking about your high school. I thought you were in talking about anyone. Okay. Yeah. So in my high school, I didn't go to anyone for high school. I had a thousand hours spent at the Hindu temple for volunteering. Top of my class in terms of GPA. Played, did all the extracurriculars, academic, like, uh, like varsity soccer, science Olympiad, craft, math Olympiad, blah, 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 blah. All the teachers loved him, but that one coach did not like him because he was a lazy guy. Oh, bastard, man. Right? He was really smart, but super lazy. You know how some people say yes. that yeah, they're not, they're not lazy, yeah. they, they study on their free time? I've spent 48-hour hackathons with this dude, so I've seen him day in and day out at nighttime. He is genuinely lazy, but just a super genius <laughs> when it comes to like doing stuff, right? So he didn't make it, but like... It's funny because that's how I think about Zareer, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's literally how I imagine you in my head. <laughs> like, the super lazy guy that can just like in five hours hack together like a 40-hour like CS project, yeah? No, 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 no. Dude, I'm not even close to that guy. Like that guy, mashallah... He's not Muslim. Like still, he's, he's, you can still he's, say mashallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working at Amazon. He worked at Nvidia part time while going to Berkeley with the triple major. How do you do that? But Damn. Like, okay, continue the story. He didn't I think you're yelling a bit, but yeah. continue. He didn't make NHS. My Am I not supposed I to yell? Are we not supposed to yell? No, no, no. You can yell. It's just getting on my freaking nerve. 
Wait, hold on. Time out. Is Zaria talking like a normal person? Do you hear that? That's crazy. Can you keep doing that for a little bit? No, man. No, please. My ears beg you. Fight me. Okay, anyway, so. It's crazy. Can you shut up? There you go. There it is right there. Oh my god, man. <laughs> okay. That's my Zaria. Okay, yeah. go ahead. No, so basically, you, you know what? Now I think about it, I think I have a history of not liking two types of teachers science teachers and English teachers. I've never liked any of them. <laughs> I think that's actually. I feel like if. In I, any way, I did not like my science teachers. And my English teachers always hated me. Except for eighth grade was the best year of my life mm-hmm. in any way because I, no one gave a damn. I gave, I, first of all, I gave a speech at graduation, so a few haters. I was the important person. <laughs> Did you give a speech at graduation? For what? Honestly, I don't know. But I think it's because I was leaving and they just wanted me to give it because I was very important. <laughs> Dude, people still remember me. Like, Maybe it was like, an, uh, like a diversity thing. Look at this Bengali. <laughs> look at this point <laughs> We have an immigrant Bengali. that came here on a canoe, actually. He <laughs> 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 paddled his way here across the adversity that he's faced. We should understand that, guys. <laughs> he goes up there and he thinks it's because he's really smart. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, look how we treat our special education. <laughs> Them so nice. <laughs> oh god. Right, what are you saying? What's your story, bro? Okay, so <laughs> Alright, no. My thing was now I just remembered a bunch of things, but I remember Was it the canoe that brought it back or the special ed? <laughs> the canoe. No, no, no. I remember in eighth grade not in eighth grade, but like in sixth grade probably, my science teacher, oh my god. We did not get along. I didn't get along with a lot of science teachers. But I remember that one specifically, like we clearly did not like each other. And one time we were supposed to go outside to do a tug of war to show force. And like, and study Newton's law. And he told me that I wasn't going. I was supposed to just he, sit in the office. Wait, he told you? Yeah. And I was just, I just sat in the office for a full period. While they <laughs> that's pretty straightforward. That's pretty like. <laughs> yeah. And he was that's like, pretty. That's pretty blunt. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I was like seething in range because I had nothing to do. But I was like, God damn, I've never felt so powerless in my life. Like you know, if you can misbehave in class, yeah. like, like you can just like tick him off of it. But now I was just like, God damn it. What did I do now? And I was just sitting there awkwardly in the principal's office for like 45 minutes doing nothing. And they're just outside playing tug of war. Was there a thing that you did that like, was it just in general you had a bad relationship and then he was like, oh, screw you? I talked to him. Or was there something that you did right before that that he was like, no, did you like work? Did you keep up with the classes and stuff? Oh, obviously, yeah. That's just, that stuff is easy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Zaria. <laughs> fine, fine. That's the, that stuff, dude, let's be honest here. Did, we, did you ever struggle with any of my homework? I didn't do it, bro. 
Okay, fine. For I, like a good amount of the time, I just did not do my homework. Okay, fine. I did it. And like, it's not something you generally struggle with, right? It's not that hard. It's not, yeah. It's really easy. Right. I'm not even bragging. I, you know, I when I, most of the time yeah, when, yeah, I, yeah. when I did do it, I did it like right before class. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but yeah. So my point is like, keeping with that was fine. It's just that I didn't pay attention in class. I did whatever the hell I wanted. I kind of talked a lot. I was really disruptive. And like, we did not get along. And like, just general something like that. And I remember like, I remember a funny thing. Okay. You know, we had a we had a class. I won't say which class, right? Because this is really like really easy to determine. But I had one teacher in one class. Straight up, there was a moment in time for like a week or two that every time that teacher entered the class, I was just told to get out, and I just left the class and stood outside. Wait, I'm dead serious. Wait, hold on. I think this exact thing happened to me. And for two anyway, weeks, and I was just outside. Wait, no, was, hold on. It was this this was middle school, right? School? Oh, I had the same exact experience. I used to. <laughs> Oh, Wait, hold so, hold on. so then I'd be outside, right? So I would. Were there any Bengali kids sitting inside? <laughs> yeah, there were. Yeah, inside the room. Yeah. Oh, okay, then it's not a racist. <laughs> what? Okay, no. So I was outside, right? And honestly, I don't give a damn. I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to class anyway. But the problem was, I was friends with another person whose parent was a teacher. And that teacher would walk the halls occasionally, right? Oh, then I was just about to ask you, did the oh, teacher wait. ever go around? <laughs> yeah. So the. T- that teacher saw me a lot of times and then one time I got pulled up, pulled aside and the teacher's like, I'm being very gender neutral here so you can't figure out why. But I'm like, that teacher's like, Zuir, you're very good friends with my, with my child, mm-hmm. right? And I'm concerned because I always see you outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. Wait, is, there, is this who I think it is? Which one, the teacher or the child? The teacher. The teacher who kicked me out? No, no, both of them. Go, go. All right, all right. Yeah, probably, the, the inside yeah. things. For general yeah. viewers. So go. then the teacher's like, yeah, I'm very worried because you spend a lot of time with my child. And oh, if you're so always funny. kicked out, what is my child doing? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell oh, you. So I was like, God. I'm doing it on purpose. It's just kind of an agreement that we have that as soon as the teacher walks in, I just leave. She just tells me to get out and I just leave. And I was like, oh, okay. So then the, t- the, the, the parent is like, don't do that again. I'm like, okay, I'll try really hard. I remember the next day. <laughs> because at this point, the teacher, whenever the teacher walks in, her, forget it, her tolerance. This is absurd to me, yeah, by the way. Her tolerance is at an all-time low. If I just get up with a reason, I'm out, right? <laughs> so the, at her tolerance, that's why it's all-time low. I remember I tried really hard the next day. I'm like, I'm not going to get kicked out. I'm not going to get kicked out. And I think I, like, dropped my pencil and I got up to go get it. <laughs> and, I out. and I'm just like, God damn it. And that day, again, the, the, the parents just walking across the hallway and then just ch- shaking their head. And I'm just like, I'm really trying. And then, like, I remember those two weeks were just like, ah. Oh. I, I, then after that, I just hid in the bathroom for the whole class. <laughs> but the, the thing was, I was always scared that the teacher would come out and let me in. So I'm just like, I gotta be really careful. I gotta occasionally come in and out, in and out. But like, no one can see me multiple times. And like, we just had that arrangement for a while. And just that's funny, man. Oh, that is so freaking. This crazy. happened to you? What? It happened to me, but it was a male teacher. So oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I, it was like, there were classes where he would just walk in and be like. I'm up. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. <laughs> I was like standing outside. Like, what the hell do I do now? I was a terrible student, though, so I can't understand. But honestly, I don't know if I was a troublemaker that much. I I was never a bad student. I was just very like annoying to deal with, which is why I guess. I was also, I was dumb in that class. That was a foreign language class. So oh. Like, <laughs> oh. I was like, I, I think in the beginning that just did not click. With I me. think my mm. best behaved classes were my foreign language class because I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had the right to misbehave because I wasn't. I <laughs> just <laughs> gonna be class. Oh, more people had that attitude. Wow. <laughs> Yo, um, let's talk. So, some big happened yesterday. I have so many more stories, but yes, continue. Oh, we'll talk. You, you have more episodes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, but Omar want to say something. The embarrassing moment. Yeah, go ahead. Talk, talk. Oh, my most embarrassing moment. I think <laughs> this is the actually the only time where I've like regretted what I've said immediately after I came out of my mouth. Like genuinely, and I was like scared about what I said. I was in this math class. I was taking math 300 over the summer. Right? At Rutgers? At Rutgers, right? Math uh, is a big class. Huh? Big class. Great class. Yeah. And the best part about taking it in the summer was like, I don't know if this is normal or not, but like there were only like 12, 12 yeah, kids in the class. Normal. They also don't give a damn. So like... Yeah, like wait, wait, what it started off with like eighteen kids, but then eventually the class dwindled down to like twelve kids yeah, yeah, yeah. for math three hundred. It's it's intro to mathematical reasoning and oh, logic. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. the first yeah. proof based class that you right, right. to introduce you. It goes from like you go from numbers to creating right. numbers. Like right, that's right. like the the yeah, yeah. step that you go from right. So, um, I'm generally getting along with like mostly everyone in this class, uh, and <laughs> there's this one kid in this class that's uh, that's like. I think I had figured out that basically he was gay. He had a bunch of like rainbow flags okay, on his okay, laptop okay, okay. and everything. And Not he also had, hard to hide it there, but okay. uh, he also had, yeah, he wasn't trying to hide it. <laughs> he also had sort of, he was gay. He was gay. He was gay. Right. <laughs> we know we don't about need it. to go into the yeah. details there, but yeah, he was. Yeah, right? One time we were alone and then he showed me some things. He was giving me a coffee, bro. That's what happened, yeah. right? So, uh, acts of service. <laughs> acts of service, yeah. Continue. Uh, bleep, bleep. <laughs> All right, keep going, keep going. Anyway, um, our teacher really liked us since we were like such a small class and we were one of those, uh, the Tillet building, like the, the, the learning one that's like meant to be really engaging. I love that classroom. And but on the upper floors. Yeah. On the upper floor, well, exactly. Oh, no, we're talking the about classroom. the classroom. The classroom, oh, the yeah, exactly. Floor. Yeah, yeah. I, I freaking, I remember I would go by and knock on the thing sometimes and you get back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw you too sometimes. You probably did see me in there. But I, I actually genuinely really like that class because, you know, we used to engage with other people and yeah, yeah. it used to be fun and interesting. But um, I kind of get annoyed by people when they, when I think they're doing something wrong, yeah. especially like solving math problems. Yeah. yeah. And it's like really obvious, like, and you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. Dude, some people. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one time we're like, or it was me. The this this gay kid, right? And uh, and then there's like there's this other girl that's like standing there, and he was explained to me how he solved this problem, right? Who the girl or the gay kid? The the gay kid. Okay. And then I was like, in my head, I was like, I was like just fuming in my head for some reason. Like, dude, this is this is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, I was like, <laughs> this imbecile, why are you here? <laughs> and then out of nowhere, I just went, shut up, you're gay. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> Dude, and right, right, when the words came out of my what mouth, bro, there was like pin drop silence. What it felt like, dude, it felt like 30 seconds, but it might have only been like five. Wait, so what did you say dude, after? <laughs> this is very important what you say after. Dude, no. Then he started laughing. Oh, so chill. He started laughing, and then I was, I've never been more relieved in my life. <laughs> bro, also, I was like, oh, time to get expelled again. <laughs> I was at Rutgers, you said? At that? Rutgers, yes. Wait, the whole class heard oh, you or just wow. those two? Just uh, those two heard me. Oh, so you're chilling. Okay, it's not like you uh, said the whole class. Oh, I thought, because you said pitch no. up signs, so I thought you meant But no, but it was, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone else heard me. But, yeah, but that was scary. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the time. I was I was kind of embarrassed for those 10 seconds right there. Oh my God. 10 seconds before he cracked the laugh? No, he thinks it's 10 seconds. I, dude, it felt, like I, you seconds. know what it feels like 10 seconds, bro? Oh, that bro, was, that's bad. <laughs> that was, yeah. That's a bad one right there. <laughs> that's a very bad one.
You're important. <laughs> no, but you know, after that we kind of became friends and we we talked occasionally and yeah, yeah, no, it's a good other. thing that he was a good. He was chill. Yeah, he, he was, was chill. chill. Oh, dude, thank God, he was chill. Dude, that's what I'm saying. If I, I said that to like some other kids that you know associate that as their identity, like this is who I am, yeah. I define myself in this way, yeah. uh, I would have been gone. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like you can do that with your like um, you can do that with people you know maybe or like if you've like no, but the thing is, I, I didn't know. You didn't know. An incident in my high school where someone like it was a very heartfelt post. Like it was the end of our soccer careers. He was like, uh-huh. on the team, right? Yeah. And then this is it. Like this, our senior year, we're done. Uh-huh. And like just like you're really heartful because like he played soccer a lot and like you knew it. That's what he was defined for. His I can't say his nickname because I would give away. But like yeah, he <laughs> he was really defined. And then like on the Instagram post, he said something like this might sound a little gay or something, but. Uh... Yeah, but like again, like okay, it's yeah. on social media, whatever, blah blah blah. It's fine, and he obviously meant no ill Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was. It wasn't malicious. So that wasn't even that. the goddamn point of the post. The point <laughs> was to say, I'm really sad. This is over for four years. I had some great memories. Here's some pictures of me like sliding into yeah, people. I, I had that reaction because I knew people. Yeah, people and then somehow, like it was a big deal because of people in our school, and then he was brought down to the office and lectured and blah blah blah, and he was forced to change his post. Well, I mean, at least that's at least that's. that's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, but that if bad. you're getting offended by that, bro, like, come on, we're all Muslims well, here. We've yeah. all been the butt of some terrorist jokes, but like, we're not gonna go say like go jump off. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, you can't control it. Like, if people. Yeah, to a certain extent, people. you gotta understand humor is. I think humor can be dangerous, but it's like it's such a fine line. Yeah, and also, it's, it's such a gray area. Also, there's a difference between I like for example, you gotta understand your audience. And with a certain audience, you can make certain jokes. And with when your audience is everybody around you, that's different. Also, you gotta understand the setting. If you're on a stand-up stage, uh-huh. you can make a bunch of yeah. you can make a bunch of like uh-huh. jokes like that or whatever. <laughs> making a face, why are you making a Oh, you know how to do stand-up comedy. My name's Arshad. No, I've done no. stand-up comedy two times. You know. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm, I'm messing. I'm messing. It's enough. <laughs> two more times. But, no, but <laughs> no, I'm saying no. I'm saying that I'm not saying I did those jokes. I'm saying when you watch stand up, like yeah. they get away with a lot. Like Louis C.K.'s bit. You guys know which one I'm talking about. No, I think so. I don't okay, well he he went and said the N word with a hard R, but it was part of the bit. Like it was like, and he said it a lot of times, and it was acceptable. But if you're it's making like a post, people, yeah. you're making a post, and you're a high school student, and on Instagram, I guess understanding your environment is important. Yeah, yeah. But I think on the flip side, it's like. I've talked to this with actually this specific individual uh, that from the story. Like, I, I don't think like if you are gay, I don't think that should be like what defines you. Yeah. yeah. Like that isn't like your lifestyle. That doesn't embody everything. Does that really embody everything of who you are? That's you reduce everything to that. Like when I say I'm a Muslim, I do that because like and I, I can identify as that because that literally defines every aspect of my life. Yes. Right. Every aspect of my life is defined in that way. Right, at least I try to, right? I, 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 that's that's the ideal that I aspire to, right? Yeah. Even if it isn't what it actually is, that's what I aspire to. So, but like when you when you're, for example, when another example is like, even if like you're you're liberal or democratic, right? You identify as that. You define you you define your your yourself in that way in your mind, yeah. and, and that's when it gets like really well, dangerous. It's dangerous. No, but my my only issue is like I understand. Wait, that people- let's. My only issue was I understand that people obviously don't want it to be said in an ill way. But the yeah. thing was, this was like 
our school only had 160 students, 40 per class, and we all knew each other, right? So yeah. I would get it. This is like a public post, and people are like, this is like all over social media and stuff. But like, this was literally a personal thing for everyone that knew each other. So like, there was no malintent. Uh, yeah, but all right, like, for, for example, all right, we have like the brothers group chat for MSA. Yeah. All right, you can make the same case. Ah, oh, this is like, we're all brothers and MSA. Yeah, like, no Everybody knows yeah. each other. But still, that's a different audience than like your group chat of 10 people. Yeah, it's different. Yes, yeah. It just is different. You and yeah, like we can sit here and we can be like, oh, these people shouldn't have done this and that. And yeah, maybe you're making a point by saying they shouldn't have reacted the way mm -hmm. they did. But I think what's also important is that each person understands their audience when they're making a certain point. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a line to be drawn. There is. Like a line I, just, where, like, I think it's both sides to be to be argued there. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. But uh, anyways, done. Wrap up, right? Let's move on. Let's wrap up. Um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about? I guess like AOC is on Twitch. That was revolutionary. I just want to make a quick spiel about that for people oh, who don't big. know. Yeah, well, yeah so you want to talk about it? Yeah, I said that's big. Yeah. So basically, what happened was to like, there's a huge spread on social media, right? To go vote for telling people to vote. I thought you said there's a huge spread on social media. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. For like you. <laughs> Special education. <laughs> We should make that joke. We should make that joke. I don't okay. want to put out those. <laughs> there's a whole. But I will say, oh, we should make that joke. Okay, there's a there's a huge like social media movement for people to go vote, right? Uh -huh. So in efforts of that, AOC. How do you say her full name? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah. Something. Said it perfectly. Go ahead. Yeah. So like, yeah, AOC was just like, yo, let me. The popular game now is Among Us, right? Which honestly, I've yeah. still never played, and I don't like Mafia. So you think she was pandering? No. So I don't. Wait, wait, so what happened? She plays league. What? You know she plays league. Yeah, she plays league. But when she talks about it, do you think she's pandering? Pa talks about what? Gaming or voting? She's... What? Wait. So, so she played this game Among Us. Wait, so basically, like, I'm to... I'm talking. I mean, pandering as in like, do you think she does? Do you think she did? She played Among Us as a political move. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. That was very obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but like, if anyone were to do it, it would be her because she's. Also, already games like so. It's not too out of rest. Like Joe Biden came on to play Among Us. I'd be like, all right, that's sus. What yeah. the hell is that? But yeah, the Hillary couldn't try to do things yeah. like that. Yeah. So basically, the thing is, she hit up Twitter, asked the top streamers, "Yo, let's get something together." And she played and ended up and her stream total, I think, was like over like four hundred thirty thousand or something, which, is, like record, which right? is the third most Twitch highest thing. The number one is when Ninja and Drake did it together, Damn. which is like obviously the top top. Yeah, yeah. And number two is Shroud. I don't know if you guys know him because yeah. the guy was on Microsoft's platform. Once mm -hmm. that shut down, he came back to Twitch and that was a huge thing because he was like, before that, he was like the number one guy on Twitch. He's like the aimbot guy, basically. He's like the what? He's like, when it comes to yeah. FPS, game, uh, FPS games, he's like just crazy game. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. So he's, he's not I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know. I, so, okay. So she's third and she just came on this platform to Exactly. Yeah. First stream of all time. And then she Dang. did also kill Hunt Omar, I think. And oh, yeah. yeah. And they played and it was a really good movement. But I just like to say like, it's crazy to see that politicians and Twitch streamers are like close. You know what I mean? Like worlds colliding. AOC only got as far as she did in politics because she's an attractive human being. Okay. On that note, let's end it. All right, guys. All right, guys. <laughs> see you later. See you later. Final <laughs> final episode of Red Buddy's podcast. <laughs> What's the problem with me saying that? Why are you acting like that's the problem that I said that? Dude, I don't, you, you actually think that? Yes. I think, to, I think to some degree, a lot of the people that you see at the top of certain things, it's like part it's, of... There's, a, there's an effect for it. It's called... Uh, halo effect. Is it the halo effect? Yeah, when someone looks... Dude, it's literally... Come it's like, on, man. There's also a Hardy Weinberger effect. It's basically like... Uh, it's, I think it's similar to what you're describing, but... Whenever someone fits a particular image that you have in your head, yeah, that's believe, associated with, yeah. like, like for example, when you think of an apple, you picture an apple in your head. 
right? When you picture a politician, what do you picture, right? Like, for example, if it might be like a six-foot guy, broad shoulders, right? Something that, of those characteristics. Yeah. So you are more likely to vote those people in. But I think that cross applies to what well, you're saying. It applies, it applies in general to human beings, which is that like sometimes like people that are better looking will just get more favor. But that's the halo effect, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it would be so deep, but AOC is where she is because she's good looking. That's all. I, I think maybe there's some uh, meat to it to, you know, so you don't think there's some meat to it, yeah. It, what? Yeah, I feel like that's a very controversial <laughs> thing. Bad or it's not a controversial yes, well, okay, Maybe it is, but who cares? Why are you got to sit here as my co-host and be like, oh, we're canceling. We are going to be canceled. All right. Well, I don't think no one watches this thing. But like, why I can say that. I don't think that's a cancelable thing to say. AOC is where she is because she's a good looking so person. No, that's policies, policies, if you say talent. You can say you can contribute, but you can't say that's the only factor. No, she is where she is because she's a good looking person. And if she wasn't a good looking person, think, well, then what, somebody else yeah, would do exactly. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't that's, be where they are. That's what Arshad's trying to say. She's a very, like, like. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the way you worded it made me think that she's only there because she's hot. And not in an sense. absolute sense, but yeah. in a relative sense. Okay, uh, well, yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. She's only there because she's a good-looking person. Like she has stuff. She had like all of her things that she said would be pushed to the wayside if she didn't look the way she did. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys. That's yeah, I feel like I want to. Dissect- I don't know why you brought this up at the very end. No, I want to dissect this more, but I also don't want to dissect it because we're gonna get canceled. We're not gonna get canceled. That's not a cancelable thing to say. It is, bro. No, it's not. They cancel people for less. Bro, first of all, nobody watches this. Yeah, Second of all, if people are going to cancel us, let people cancel us. Why do you got to be here and be like, oh, Stop the recording! Like, Go ahead! Anyways, my last thing. So, uh, Khabib just fought yesterday. Uh, Big fight. fight. Retired. Yeah. And was sad. I was just talking to Amar before how we're probably never going to see Tony versus Khabib. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, you guys don't really watch UFC much, right? I don't watch it too much. Okay. I'm only interested because of Khabib. You know, what's, you know what's good about you guys is you guys don't watch it too much, but you guys don't post on social media as if you, as if you watch <laughs> I it. I saw that. I saw so many. I was like, since when did there so many Dude, UFC as a, fighters exist? UFC yeah. fans exist. Like, <laughs> There's some people on Twitter that were like, oh yeah, we called it second round, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. There's like three tiers. There's like three tiers. Of like, okay, so there's like, okay. Um, there's like watching it and then like not, there's like watching it when you're not a UFC fan and then not saying anything. That's like what you guys did. That's like respectable. Like I'll watch the NBA finals, but like, I won't say anything. I won't make up. And then there's making a post. And then there's trying to have commentary on it. Oh, my God, dude. I was, I was getting so freaking mad going on Instagram, going on Twitter, looking at these people who never watched freaking UFC except for one of beef fights having commentary on the fight. Like, just shut up. If you want to make a post. Look at the way he grabbed his leg over there. Yeah. The second minute, the the, the first round, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Just like, oh, like, oh, like Khabib, uh, you know, had certain, you know, because his grappling always this and that. Or they'll watch the Khabib fight and then they'll comment on the fight before. They'll be like, oh, like I had Whitaker, I had Cannoneer. What do you mean you had Whitaker or Cannoneer? You just went based off what this person looks like? It's like, (laughs) I don't understand. And then they act like they don't. I, I feel like I'm gatekeeping in a way. Yeah, like, I, was like, I get really mad. No, but I understand. I feel the same thing. Like, no, I, I think that, that cross applies to anything. When you have people that just don't know what they're talking about, yeah, talk about like, things that you're. If Lamar talks yeah. to a person and he's like, "Crypto's stupid," he's just gonna be like, "That guy." Like, <laughs> I feel exactly. right now. Like I, I, I kind of got like, I got like, <laughs> dude, I was getting freaking upset, dude. Like, I was sitting here, I was sitting here with Ahmed. Me and Ahmed are like, like we yeah, watch UFC a lot, yeah, right? Yeah. And like we could talk about it for a long time. UFC's pay per view, right? Yeah, but yeah. In some households. <laughs> no, and this house, in this house, it's just view, you know? <laughs> we don't do anything illegal. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, we were sitting here, and we were just, 
Like, it was just like we were making ourselves mad because, like, you'd think we would go and look at the post and just be like, ah, all these people suck. Screw Instagram. We'd be like, ah, oh, all these people suck. Who else is posting? <laughs> I feel, I feel. No, I noticed that too. I was like, man, I did not know this many people knew what the hell UFC was. Like. They don't. They don't. Well, they know what UFC is. They know the idea of it. They know the idea of it. And they act like they know what could be. Uh, no, but I feel like a lot of, at least for Risa, most of the posts, which, like, now we were saying we're not commentary, but we're like, respecting could be for ending it on his mother's wishes yeah. that's what I saw from most of the posts so which is, I was just like surprised by that like man I don't know so- yeah but even that it's like why do they gotta post it yeah yeah that too that makes sense yeah your opinion doesn't matter guys I don't exactly. know why you guys say this well I saw some do you guys know John Jones yeah I saw that the he's not even close to me thing yeah well it's, okay which so some people what I don't know what this is John Jones okay John Jones is the can you say what a world yeah. title is what is a world title just a belt uh, yeah, so he's the he's the world lightweight champion, John Jones, light heavyweight. Sorry, John Jones is the world light heavyweight champion. Yeah, he said he won thirteen. What the hell is thirteen in a row? Okay, now here's the thing. Um, John Jones is like the best in light heavyweight division, mm-hmm. uh, and before this last fight, I'm pretty sure he was the number one pound for pound pound for pound fighter uh, in general across all divisions. Now John Jones is like a sick fighter. How do you determine? Uh, there's a lot. I guess you kind of consider like competition that they had, okay, such yeah, and yeah. such, how dominant they are. Yeah. Uh, Khabib is obviously extremely, extremely dominant, but he was number two for a long time. Um, I think he might have gone up to number one. But basically, I saw some posts about people that didn't know any better, going like, "Yo, I can't believe John Jones." Uh, yeah, he might actually be watching till the end and know who this, know who I'm talking about, like the person. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, I can't believe John Jones said this. Like, Khabib is so good. Like, you stand no chance against Khabib." Okay, man. Khabib's like amazing. <laughs> But put some damn respect on John Jones's name. Like we're in like this yeah. Muslim bubble where we're like, oh, nobody can ever yeah, match that's true. That's ever. True. But, I remember people arguing with me how like Benzema is like the most pushy person. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, these no. guys really don't know. Like, I remember yeah. when Salah first started yeah, his yeah, first yeah. breakout season. And like he's better than Messi, and I'm just like, uh, what? Uh, what? No. He's even greatness and already like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But, like what the freak? The, no, he's Messi. Such an Egyptian man. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Like goddamn. Oh yeah, dude, that was straight up racist. No, you know it. You know for a fact. Bleep bleep bleep. Yeah, we're gonna have to bleep that out. We'll talk about this after. This happens a lot. This is true. Yeah. No, but what was the thing? What is the thirteen? Like, so you won the belt thirteen times in a row, or what's the thing? No, the okay. So I guess the whole case that John Jones was making was, or the case that that. What they were talking about is how many wins in a row you have. I think that's twenty nine zero. Yeah, but he has he doesn't have he has thirteen wins in a row in the UFC. He's twenty nine zero in his MMA career, not in the UFC. Oh, he's only fought thirteen times in the UFC. In the UFC, okay, which is a big deal. He's fought like the biggest names in his division, so it's not like that's any yeah. small feat. And John Jones fought how many in the UFC? Uh, crap! I don't know what his. Is he undefeated? Well, he's he's technically defeated. Because of the drug thing. No, no, no. He's he's undefeated, but technically this one time he got disqualified because he was beating the crap out of someone and he did a 12 to 6 elbow. Yeah. yeah. Which is illegal. And he happened to do that while he was beating the crap out of him. When you elbow, you can go in like that or you can, like, right, like, you can go in like that, but you can't go straight up and down because, I guess, for serious injury. Yeah. Right? But he did that and then he got disqualified, so it kind of has a loss. But because everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows <laughs> John Jones. Yeah, is undefeated essentially. So what's his record? Twenty two one zero. Twenty two zero one. 
Is the 29 all better? Yeah, but there's, there's but fights within. I'm guessing he fights won. within the UFC, and then also yeah. if you look at John Jones' performances, he's like extremely dominant. But uh, yeah, would the, we have ever seen John Jones versus Khabib? Like, would that have ever happened? They're like 40, 50 pounds. That's yeah, that's probably never yeah. happened then. Yeah, yeah probably not. Um, but GSP George St Pierre for us Zahabi's uh, student yeah, disciple, uh, who was his like prized disciple. Uh, wanted or there was discussion about him versus Khabib and I don't think that's gonna they're both retired so they would at this point they would both have to come out of retirement for them I don't think it's gonna happen but we'll see any final remarks good episode this was, this was a really fun episode yeah. I think we I, talked about a lot here we did <laughs> talk about a lot we had a breadth of issues that we that we uh, the first part yeah. is just like it mushes your brain so you dull it down for the lighter <laughs> yeah. so you want to watch the podcast watch in order this was really fun yeah. I actually really enjoyed myself I really enjoyed having you on thank you um, I feel like I've said this a lot of times but like, it's, just, it's just truth like every time we do the next episode it just always ends up becoming yeah. our favorite one yeah. because it's the mo- most recent one and like we yeah. we always do better every time I think as well, it's not to take away from this so, episode so of next time next time we're gonna have someone on that's gonna be your favorite episode yeah, we won't we'll tell him we'll tell him it was a favorite and we won't tell you <laughs> <laughs> nah but that's not to take away from you know objectively this was this was really yeah. fun this yeah. was a great episode I had a good time yeah yeah like this was really fun and again so this thing I do say like I feel like I say this a lot but I'm gonna say it to you as well um, you know, sometimes we'll have people on like, you know, Daniel Khan or, you know, such and such person because they're an expert in certain thing or whatever. And not to take away from your expertise on certain issues, but you're someone who, you know, we have on just because you're one of the boys and that's yeah. just, you know, no, that, no, that is, has a yeah. lot of value. You know yeah. what I mean? Not, not to say that you don't have valuable things to say, but, you know, this was, yeah. uh, that's like, those are usually the funnest ones for us. Yeah. You know, just, you know, people that, people that we're good friends with coming on. And I, I hope this isn't the last time you're on the podcast. I, I don't know if that oh, happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope we don't get canceled after this. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, AOC is only where she is because we're she's, not, we're because she's attractive. And, uh, <laughs> okay. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this was... You guys have a throw that you do to, to finish it? How do you finish it? What? How do you, you just say that's that? it? Oh, you just say I've that. never seen an end of the episode, by the way. What do you do at the end? You just say that's it? What? All right, boys. Wait, wait, wait. Start recording again, and then we'll do like an actual like, because we literally you just ended on that. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay. Well, anyways, thanks for watching. We'll see this you guys. Been Red Buddies podcast. If you want to find me, you can communicate with me via email. Oh yeah. It's it's my first name dot last name ninety eight gmail dot com. But he's gonna make a return to Instagram just to post this one thing. <laughs> Honestly, I prefer smoke signals, but that's okay. <laughs> also, if you're still uh, on social media, Amar is coming after you, and he's gonna burn down your phones and all that. And, and then, a, what are you, a Lenamite? A, a Luddite. 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 Luddite.